Chilly night. Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 95 of Thirst and Goal. It's a Friday night edition of Thirst and Goal. We usually do this on Saturdays, but we decided to do it one day earlier, Ben. Yes, the Eagles come back to win (laughs) and beat the vaunted powerhouse New York Giants. And in celebration of that, we decided to do this a a day early. I don't know if it's a celebration to be two, four, and one right now, but number one First place. in the NFC East. Can you believe it, though? I can't believe it. I don't think anybody in the league right now can believe that a two-win two, two win team is in first place in yes. the division. We suck. We suck. We suck. Actually, Friday finally sent me a text message last night that had my name in it, which he never, ever I does. Never, I was, I and that was, was his way of saying, I'm serious, Ben. <laughs> we suck. And we did. <laughs> and we do. But we're the best of the worst right now in that division. But his tune changed at the end of that game. Yeah, uh, just a little yeah. bit. Just a little bit. I was I was jumping up and down with joy, for sure. But we, uh, we have a little bit of a commitment tomorrow night, so we wanted to bring you the podcast nonetheless. So we're doing this a day early in honor of what might every game might be Carson Wentz's last game, <laughs> the way he's getting hit out there. So, you know, no. we just want to say, a, a, I have a thought for Carson Wentz survival. Let's everybody have a prayer. Ready for because Carson Doug Wentz. Peterson is not Kevin Stefanski. He does not care what happens to his quarterback out there. He's just sending him to the wolves yeah, every definitely week. Definitely don't want a Dak Prescott type injury. No, for sure. For anybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Franny, how was your week this week? You know, actually, this week flew by, Ben. I, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think doing the podcast on a Friday night makes it even seem a little bit faster. You yeah, because we usually there's a little bit of a downtime on Saturday while I'm getting ready to come over here. But tonight it was straight from work. Straight to the podcast, and same thing for you, too. Yes, he was over here with his uh, slim fit <laughs> slacks, his slim fit shirt, and his skinny tie. Uh, so we came right from the office directly to the podcast yeah. for you, our listening audience. What about your office, Ben? Uh, my office is, uh, you know, less than optimal working from <laughs> home. Uh, my week was pretty good. Uh, coming back after a week off, it's always exciting to answer uh, 1,528 emails, Ouch. but you know, it is what it is. Uh, that's what we have to deal with in today's email and text messaging and Microsoft teams and WebEx world that we're all living in. I know. Uh, Franny, what are you drinking over there? Uh, tonight, Ben, I got a little bit of the Sazerac rye with a little bit of Ooh. club soda and a little bit of Coke in there. I just need a little bit of caffeine, a little bit of sugar to get me going. Oh, for sure. I'm working on my third espresso. <laughs> Uh, since getting off of work today, been up since about five o'clock, so I will be the tired one. Yeah, I got a little sleep today. It was a late start at work today. That's why I got over here a little bit later than I usually do, even on a Saturday when I work. But it was a later day, but I got a little more sleep then. You, Ben. Yeah, so Franny will be making fun of me at the end of the podcast <laughs> instead of me making fun of him. So this will be sweet justice. The Sazerac is actually a really good rye. I think I yeah. actually used that one in post or drank that one in post-production when mm-hmm. we tasted it. No, it's so, good. it's good. It's it's a great rye. It's less than thirty dollars, I believe, maybe about twenty five bucks, and it's a great rye for the price. So what yeah. about you, Ben? What are you drinking over there? 
I am just about finished with the Citadel Gin de France. It's a beautiful, beautiful gin from the south of France. Uh, it's a melange of botanicals and juniper. And Franny was nice enough to pick me up a new gin to go into the winter months. This is the Plymouth gin that I will be starting to drink next week. So we can't actually I might be able to taste this one maybe tonight. Uh, in fact, I will do a taste test on this one. Kill off that Citadel in just a little bit. Yeah, so we're getting near the end of that one, and this Plymouth this Plymouth gin has a beautiful, beautiful nose to it. So I can't mm. wait to taste that one. Friday, what are we going to talk about tonight? Tonight, Ben, on the big board, we have our NFL news and rumors. We have some rumors tonight. Well, All we right, had some rumors, new. but Antonio Brown signed, so right, it is no, no longer a rumor. <laughs> so NFL news, then yeah, that's exactly. part of it. And we also have our a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We have our NFL. Week six recap and week seven picks. We also have our tag team news, our Thurston Goal news, my Eagles, Ben Steelers, Sonya Seahawks. She's not on the podcast tonight, but she'll join us eventually during the season. Uh, we also have our shot of the week, which is in honor of Halloween. It is a candy corn shot. We'll we'll have a name for that shot by the end of the night. We also have our beverage of the week, which is a scotch from Highland Park. It's the Highland Park Magnus. And we also have our beer of the week, which is a Belgian beer. It is a Pirat or Pirate. I'm not exactly sure how you're supposed to pronounce it, but it's highly rated and I can't wait to try that. And hopefully there will be enough crispness for me in this one. We also have our Thirst and Goal Betting Corner, which we shouldn't call it Thirst and Goal Betting Corner. It is Ben's Betting Corner. And uh, we also have some housekeeping to finish up tonight. Well, I am trying as hard as I conceivably can to, you know, corrupt Frane's, you know, life, and, <laughs> for lack of a better word, uh, and get him more into the gambling on sports with you know with with low wagers for low yeah, yeah. you know low uh, amounts of I, course I, I prefer low wager high amounts <laughs> yes he prefers low wager high amounts large amounts low interest in a savings <laughs> account or long term CD for your conservative saving pleasure yeah which is probably There's nothing wrong with that it's probably pretty smart yeah exactly that's Thank how you. the baby boomers were were able to accumulate <laughs> their wealth. Uh, Friday was first up on the big board. First up on the big board, Ben, is the NFL news. Not and rumors. No, no more rumors. Uh, we do have, obviously, we have the big news about Antonio Brown, but I wanted to start out with something that is near and dear <laughs> to I'm just looking at the Friday's heart. <laughs> right so there. saving private Zach Ertz. You know, Tom Hanks will the be playing. The wonder. Yes, exactly. The yards lost after catch. A nightmare season for the Philadelphia Eagles got worse this past Monday with the news that tight end Zach Ertz and running back Miles Sanders will miss Thursday night's game, which they did miss against the New York Giants, according to Chris Mortensen of ESPN. The Ertz injury is more serious of the two he is projected to miss, and it was confirmed that he will miss three to four weeks with a high ankle sprain and will likely be moved to injured reserve in the next few days. The veteran tight end had to be helped off the field. Oh, and into the locker room after suffering an injury in the Eagles' Week 6 loss. Barely to the Baltimore Ravens. Fortunately, the number 2 tight end, Dallas Goddard, is expected to return from his own ankle injury and suit up for Thursday Night Football, but he did not, did he? Nope. He did not. Uh, Ertz is currently mired in one of the worst slumps of his eight-year career with only 24 catches for 178 yards and one touchdown in six games. Sorry, Zach Ertz. Carson Wentz has moved on to (laughs) Travis Fulgham. 
Sanders suffered a knee injury at the end of a 74-yard run against the Ravens, and he was unable to return to the game. An MRI, MRI showed no structural damage, but he's expected to miss about four weeks uh, and almost certain to miss Thursday's game, which he did. Uh, Boston Scott also, Boston Scott outsnapped and outtouched Corey Clement once Sanders left the game on Sunday and would likely be the Eagles' back to own mm-hmm. in fantasy while the starter is out. I think uh, Sanders is going to miss a couple weeks. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I, you know, I'm not even shocked anymore, really. I mean, it seems like week after week the Eagles have more and more injuries. We find these guys on the practice squad, and the practice squad guys – Whoever finds these guys is doing a great job because, you know, last year we made it to the playoffs with just backups, backup, backup, backups. I mean, they were like way down on the bench. Nobody even knew these guys' names. Now they do. You know Ward. Everybody knows Fulgham now, too. Um, who else? Is and along I mean, along you know, with Boston, the eight teams that cut Boston, him and the, the one team that cut him three times, yeah, I think. Boston Scott as well. Nobody knew of him either. Um, but, you know, you know, having Ertz injured, I mean, Ertz has been one of my favorite Eagles players over the past, you know, seven, eight seasons uh, since he joined the Eagles. It's really sad news. I mean, losing him, losing Goddard. I mean, basically, we have none of our starting tight ends right now. And those are huge weapons for the Eagles. And unfortunately, they're not able to, you know, play at the moment because every other single starter is, is injured. Why not get these guys injured as well? Uh, you know, Deshaun Jackson went down yesterday with a high ankle sprain. So Deshaun he, Jackson, he took a couple big he hits. cannot stay on the field no matter what. I mean, he played a game or, or yeah, a game and a half last season. Now he came back, played the first game, was out a few games. Now played this game, is injured again. Who knows when, if or when he'll be back. Um, but I mean, it's just injury after injury for the Eagles. They have not been at 100% since... Maybe 2016. I can't even remember the last time the Eagles had a healthy squad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at least 2017, you had many of your, you know, other than your quarterback, you had a bunch of starters in there. But, I mean, it's just so sad. I don't know if it's saving private Ertz or inglorious Ertzes, <laughs> uh, where they were, you know, where the Eagles are just the lone individuals left in the tank at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it feels like something out of a bad movie. And not only... Not only did Ertz go down, but he went down also with the hopes that the Eagles had of trading him yeah. and getting something in return this year. It's going to be difficult for them to move him before the trade deadline. And I hope they don't. I, I really want Ertz to stick around. I mean, you know, like I said, he was one of my favorite players. I don't want to see him going anywhere and wearing another jersey. I want him to be an Eagle for his entire life, like Brent Selleck. Exactly. Well, you know, you're, you have the jersey. I do. Thank you, Ben. You got it for me, man. Uh, That's my well, favorite you, Eagles player of all time. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, do you think that, you know, them shopping Ertz around on a trade was them admitting to the fact that they are not going to be with the cap issues they're going to have next year? They're not going to be you know, willing potentially, to potentially, give him what he's going to ask mean, for. He did. I think he still has, what, another year in his contract, and it's a, you know, a, a sizable contract as well for the way he's been performing recently. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, I'd, I'd rather him just stay, you know, they 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 try to figure out another long-term deal, you know, and, and you know, he, sh- he should look at what he's done recently with his time with the Eagles. I mean, he hasn't been the top wide receiver. He was a few years ago, and I thought he was going to be again this year, but he just hasn't performed to those levels. You see what Kittle is doing. You see what Kelsey is doing. I mean, some of these other tight ends in the league uh, and the way they play strong, yak yep. football and that's something Ertz has good hands he's always had some you know pretty decent hands but he's not the strongest guy he's not the greatest blocker out there um but you know just uh just his ability with his hands that's why i want him there because oh, almost sure. it's, it's just another wide receiver basically out there yeah and if you have goddard and if goddard's able to block you know use goddard for blocking use uh, uh Ertz to to just go out and catch the ball yeah it's like a sixth grade Fire prevention class, stop, <laughs> drop, and roll. That is Ertz's philosophy on receiving the football. Yeah, uh, pretty much. You know, much like John Gruden, it appears that Carson Wentz likes to date receivers, but he doesn't like to marry any of them. 
he definitely gets wedded to a particular receiver for a period of time and then moves on to another. They're never around that long. And ignores the rest of them. They, they don't commit to it. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the wide receivers are there and then they're gone. You're like wondering, wh- why isn't that wide receiver like me? Yeah, apparently he, they were looking for a cushion cut, <laughs> you know, 2.5 carat. He couldn't come up with the, the scratch to get that particular ring for Ertz. So Ertz has decided to leave him. Yeah, uh, but it, it is got a nice little wifey there for himself. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but it is interesting how Wentz moves from receiver to receiver to receiver, where he he tends to focus a lot of attention. I mean, I think it was last it was it last year uh-huh. where you you just knew he was going to throw the ball to Zach Ertz over and yeah. over, and and there were some a, games where security blanket right there. You know, it was you know you, you look at there, and number eighty six is out there running with his arms wide open. And I mean, I guess they, you know, they started doubling him too. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the, the defense has really paid attention to Ertz, and so his numbers really went down. And he's not—he's just not one of those big, strong, tough tight ends that can take that sort of coverage and take those hits. He, like you said, Ben, it's—you know—just duck and roll. Yeah, stop, drop, and roll. I mean, when you watch Kittle just shaking guys yeah, off, pushing and, guys, you know, he's a bully out there. But Zach Ertz has never been a bully. You know, even Gronkowski this past weekend, you yeah. know, moving his body in the end zone to get a good position to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Zach Ertz, he'll come back. Uh, it'll probably be to the Eagles' benefit if he ends up hurt at the end of the season because at least they may be able to lock him up on a deal that won't be as large mm-hmm. as he would get if he were really performing well and going in healthy at the end of the season. Uh, Franny, anything else to add about your most recent casualty on the battlefield that is the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, it's like a mass that unit is. out there. They're going to start bringing mobile tents and surgical teams with them yeah, to each. Much. I mean, that's what that's what it is. That's what has become. It's a mass unit out there, Ben. Yeah, we. I think we were saying it last night when watching the game. It's just, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen this number of injuries, even not to non-starters in my lifetime yeah. watching football. This is it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, basically the only starters, the potential starters from the beginning of the season uh, on offense, basically the only ones out there were Wentz and Kelsey, the center. I mean, th- those are the only two guys that were out there. Everybody else is a backup or a backup to a backup, you know, practice squad guy. I mean, all I mean, Fulgham, nobody knew who the fuck this guy was up until two weeks ago. You know, he had that nice catch. I forget against who it was yeah. down the sideline. Um, but I mean, nobody, nice nobody knew him. And then, like, you know, he turned around the next week with the 152 yards or whatever it was. He had a, an amazing game and, and he's, he's continuing. I mean, he's, you know, you just don't hear about these guys. And all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're household names. It's crazy. All right. Anything else to add? If only we can find guys in the draft yeah, <laughs> that are as exactly. good as these guys in the practice squad. No, Howie Roseman doesn't work his yeah. magic in the draft. Nope. But he works enough magic to keep you competitive. Uh, next up. Oh, oh you know, I we didn't get we, the shot ready to go. We didn't have this on the agenda it until today. It is now. This was supposed to be us talking about the fact that the Seahawks were interested in Antonio Brown and Russell Wilson was singing his praises from coast to coast, from radio show to podcast to television call-in program. And instead, Antonio Brown, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, reported that the Buccaneers and Antonio Brown have agreed to a one-year deal that will reunite the star receiver with quarterback Tom Brady and coach Bruce Arians. The the sides still must finalize the language of the contract, and Brown must pass a physical and COVID-19 protocols, but the four-time All-Pro is likely to make the Bucs debut in Week 9 against the Saints when Brown's eight-game suspension 
comes to a close. It did not take long from the initial report that Brown would visit Tampa to a report that the sides were very close to now the report that it is done. Brady has pushed and pushed and pushed for Brown to join him in Tampa since the day he signed his deal in March. The last, remember those scenes from Antonio Brown hanging out in Tom Brady's kitchen. The last game Brown played in week two of the 2019 season, he caught four passes from Tom Brady for 56 yards and a touchdown with the Pats. Offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich has also been an advocate for signing Brown. Brown not only gives the Bucks another big-time playmaker, allegedly, but depth as the Bucks' top wideouts. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have battled injuries this season, and Mike Evans has definitely been a gamer this year. Brown, who has made seven Pro Bowls, count them, seven, has 841 career catches for 11,263 yards and 75 or 74 touchdowns from Ben Roethlisberger and one touchdown from Tom Brady. This douchebag is back in the league. Oh, there it is. There it is. You called him a douchebag. He is a douchebag. I mean, I know he's been under the radar, below the radar, taking his meds, seeing his therapist, doing whatever it is that he needs to do. But I, I predict that this will end badly. Uh, This pretty sure will, you know, Bruce Arians is a, a disciplinarian, doesn't take a lot of shit, but nobody takes less shit in the league than Bill Belichick. Now that Bill Parcells is no longer in the league, no one takes less shit than he does, and he couldn't tolerate him. So I think this will ultimately end badly. This is like the sh- this is like the uh, the Alfa Romeo that you know so, that I was considering buying uh, some time ago when they came out with that cheaper car. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it's fun to drive. But how long is it going to last before it costs you fifteen thousand dollars to repair which, it? Which Alfa Romeo, Ben? It was not the. It was it no, not the Alfa. It was the uh, what's the Julia? The, the Alfa Romeo Julia. Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. Julia. Well, it's I, not. A, I mean, it's it's a nice car, but like you said. It doesn't last very long. How long is it going to, before you're stuck on the side of the freeway regretting your decision? (laughs) And it doesn't have autopilot, of course. Nope. Uh, But, Franny, what say you about this douchebag back in the league? Uh, I don't think I'm as disappointed as you are, Ben. I mean, like I've mentioned many times in the podcast, Antonio Brown is one of the best wide receivers that I've I've seen play the game in the last maybe 20 years. Really? I mean, 20 years. DeAndre Hopkins? No, I said one of the best. Michael I mean, Thomas. One of the best. Julio one of the, Jones. Those guys are more recent, but I mean, you know, uh, Julio Jones, maybe not as recent. Megatron. But, <laughs> Megatron was great. He retired too early. Uh, I said one of the best, Ben, and... I don't disagree. You can't disagree. Exactly. I was, you, you cannot disagree. What he did for Pittsburgh, you've got to appreciate what he did there. I mean, yes, he was a head case, uh, but I mean, he was kept under wraps for the majority of his career until the end. You got basically uh, the entire... The best portion of his career, basically. I, you know, he's not going to play at those same levels now with uh, Tom Brady if he can get on the field. If he's not, you know, being sued by whoever this and it, you know has legal trouble, who knows what's going to happen by week nine? Nobody knows. But he's he's not going to play at the same levels that he did with the Steelers. So you've got to appreciate what the guy did in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and these guys are going cheap. You got Bell, Le'Veon Bell for a million dollars. This deal's probably going to be for about a million dollars. And you get a stealer. And And you you get get a stealer. stealer. And you get a stealer. And had we kept these guys, they would have probably been making a combined 30 plus million dollars. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're going to be out the door for a million dollars plus incentives each, probably. Uh, You know, we'll see what happens. I think this is all on Byron Lefwich and Tom Brady to keep him under control. I honestly don't think that Antonio Brown is going to be Oh, he's gonna bring his in posse. The, you know, he's not gonna first, be this, yeah. His first workout, you know, the first practice, scrimmage, whatever. He's gonna bring his entire posse and bring a film crew and you know, post it his on guitar. social media and you know, I'm sure he's gonna do some crazy shit out there. But you know, that's I mean, wide receivers are just divas in general. But he's like the the most diva is diva of them all right yeah, now. He's the anti Julio Jones, the anti Larry Fitzgerald. 
But I, oh, I just, yeah. I just Definitely don't see Tyler Fitzgerald. I don't see, I don't see Bruce Arians <laughs> being able to get anywhere near this guy, uh, in, in, on a personal level and being having any control over him. I just don't see that happening. So I think it's really going to be between Leftwich and Brady to try to keep him under control. And I think it'll primarily be uh, Brady, Brady doing most of the heavy lifting in terms mm-hmm. of keeping him under control. Mm-hmm. But wow, this this is going to be interesting. Yeah. This is, I mean, I was. I, I had mixed emotions about whether or not he would sign with Seattle mm-hmm. for Sonia's sake. I'll be good locker room presence. You wonder what kind of locker room presence he's going to have. I mean, if you're having a good season, you know, nine weeks from now, if, if uh, you know, the, the, the Bucks are, you know, leading the division and, you know, they have a good record. I mean, obviously I expect a little bit more from them so far this season. Um, but if, if, if uh, you know, they do start playing some better football, oh, well, they did this weekend. <laughs> but if, if they do start really to, you know, excel the way we expected them to do with the weapons that they have on that team, and then you bring in Antonio Brown, is he going to cause any sort of issues yes. in the locker room? Yes. And that, that's a huge question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Franny, you want to take a shot? Yeah, Ben, you just called... Of- Antonio Brown, a douchebag, and per our drinking game agreement, if you say anything negative about the AFC North or any players on your team (laughs) or any players in the division or anything negative at all, which you have said multiple negative things about Antonio Brown. I don't think this is a player that you've said more negative things about on this podcast. Luckily, I'm not alone in that regard. I I think it's just, yeah, he's he's, he's really a target. I think Mike Mayock might agree with me on that one. (laughs) Or if I say anything negative about the NFC East, there's a lot of negative things to say right now about the NFC East. Or if Sonya says anything negative about the NFC West, then, you know, she takes a shot, but she never does. All right, let's do it. I think I have a sound effect from back in the day. Is it playing? Too much noise right now. Oh. <laughs> More work, less noise. I felt like I was enemy of the state. Getting the feet trim up. Remember when he burned his feet? Is that oh is that the cryogenic chamber? Yeah. Oh man, he's yeah. A good player. He hasn't really talked yet. Player. And he's a handsome looking player, by the way. <laughs> this is what you're getting, Tom Brady. Hey, as long as he can catch the football, Ben. <laughs> if he still has those same hands. I mean he has he has some great hands. He can really catch he the football. He does have some great hands. Yeah. We'll see. You know, who's he gonna throw his uh, his gummy dicks at next? <laughs> Here we go. Tom Brady. Exactly. Mm. Or maybe Maybe throw him at Giselle. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Tom Brady would be pissed. I think Tom Brady likes Super Bowls more than he likes Giselle. <laughs> that, that might be. I think he likes a lot of things <laughs> over Giselle. He doesn't see, it seems like she likes him. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like he's really into her. Yeah, he definitely would not be as tired as I am Sorry, ever Giselle. in his life. Sorry, he Giselle. Would make, he gets 10 hours of sleep a day. <laughs> uh, Franny, what did we take a shot of there? Oh, sorry, yes, Ben. That was the Bird Dog Strawberry Flavored Whiskey. Yeah, so it's a punishment shot. Cheap and fruitful and sort of flavorful. Actually, it, it tastes better when it's it's cooler out and it's outside tonight. It's about 63 degrees right now. That actually tastes a little bit better when it's a little chilled. Yeah, sorry, Green Bay fans. It's still only 63 <laughs> degrees out here. So where football should be played and podcasts should be recorded, we record this outside every single week. Thirsting Old Podcast, a podcast about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Franny, you ready to move on? I am ready, Ben. All right, next up, we tried to oh, keep... sound effect, sound effect. Boom. Oh, yeah. Oh, you forgot my, about that. Where's my... There it is. There we go. We didn't do that. Yeah, I'm a little bit tired yeah, tonight. No, blame me. Yeah, blame the, the lack of sleep. Sure. Yes, blame when the... It's, when it's me complaining, oh, you're a bitch. Oh, See, there oh. you go. I told you you'd make fun of me. <laughs> I didn't say anything. You make fun of me. Of course. I understand you completely, Ben. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't understand my feelings. I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand his feelings. But now that I saw the skinny jeans or the skinny slacks and the skinny <laughs> shirt, it's probably due to lack of blood flow. 
that circulation through his body. Uh, I thought. Uh, are you jealous? Well, I thought are you je- jealous much. I thought someone's <laughs> brakes were squeaking on the street out in front of my house, but it was in fact the buttons on his shirt that were just crying for mercy as they were being yanked from side to side, oh, vertically and horizontally. I don't think it. I don't. I don't think it looks that bad. I think it looks no, it nice. looks great. I think it looks nice. I mean, when you when you got a you know like a chest like mine, you, you flaunt it <laughs> exactly, and no and no stomach fat whatsoever. A little bit, maybe. It's got he's got DK Metcalf body fat levels over here. And I'm just trying to get rid of this, you know, little, little, little pouch. pouch. It's a little pouch. Yeah. Oh, I did see the Beast, who was one of the world, uh, what is it, the strongman competition. Uh-huh. Did 100 sit-ups a day for 30 days. Uh, and he's a big dude, but his belly was never really. But I mean, he's a muscular dude, but yeah. his belly wasn't. Uh, and it actually, you can see this. You can you can, you can see, see the muscle after 30 days. Yeah. Well, there you go, man. We, I'm, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to do 100 sit-ups. For thirty days, we'll see what happens. Yeah, maybe we should. You want to want to challenge that? We'll we'll do a challenge on that. All right, let's do it. All right, we'll start uh, Monday. All right, <laughs> since we have the podcast tonight, Anna. I like the little roller. get together I like the tomorrow. Roller thing. I did the little roller thing last night. I I, I feel a little bit of uh, um, you know, like that that post workout sort of uh, uh, pain. Ooh, I like my, it. Yeah, in my abdomen right now. Yeah, I've been doing it from my good. knees. Of course, I can't yeah. quite get out there on my toes yet. Uh, next that, up, that nice bit of soreness. <laughs> yes, in my, exactly. In my belly. Uh, next up, we're tr- trying to keep the NFL news a little bit short tonight. Ran a little bit long. We didn't actually run long last yeah. week, but we're 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 trying to keep it under yeah. eventually under two hours. Yeah, although two trying. years we're and trying, counting, people, we have not quite accomplished that. Stop, stop talking about yeah. working out. Uh, well, you know, and by skinny jeans, they interesting were, by to skinny, our uh, slacks that you were checking out. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, where does he get those? <laughs> Uh, next up, two point conversions. Never before has the NFL NFL teams gone for two point conversions as often as they have done this season. Even if the decision sometimes has backfired, like it did this week, uh, fifty eight attempts at two point conversions through six weeks of the season are the most at this juncture of the season since the NFL adopted the two point conversion in nineteen ninety four. Going for two is a big part of the storyline from this past weekend. Houston interim coach Romeo Cornell made the unconventional move to go for two after scoring a touchdown to take a 36-29 lead over Tennessee on Sunday. Deshaun Watson's pass fell incomplete, and the Titans drove for the tying score in the closing seconds, forcing overtime with an extra point rather than being forced to go for two. Uh, Washington coach Ron Rivera also made the decision to go for two after scoring a TD with 43 seconds left. Cutting the Giants' lead to 20-19, to and Kyle Allen's pass fell incomplete, and Washington lost. While those failures were noteworthy, teams have been de- have had decent success so far this season, converting half of the chances, slightly higher than the 47% conversion rate from the previous 20 seasons. What do you think about, why do you think so many head coaches are it. going for two, especially in these two situations, which two. makes literally... No sense. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, this is this is the NFL. It's not Madden. You're not playing a video game. I mean, there's true outcomes to you these. You gotta games. win it on one play. No, that does that makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, you know, especially the Giants and 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 the football team game. Uh, that that makes no that was sense. Hilarious. I mean, you just kick the extra point and you go to overtime, whatever, and you see what happens in overtime. You give your team a chance. You don't go for a two point conversion and show them that you have trust in them. You just fucking kick the field or yeah, the extra point was, and you go for insane. it. You go from there. And his explanation was ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> team culture builds winning. Yeah, culture. All right, yeah. Coaching builds winning culture. Practice, discipline, all of those things build a winning culture. You know, and his explanation that he wanted to show yeah. the team that they that they were here to win. That's not the time that you do it. That's supposed to come before you hit the field. Uh, so that his explanation made no sense. I just think he was frustrated and was like, "Fuck it, we're gonna we're gonna try to win this game." 
which which sounds good in the moment, but well, it's like it's like the but so many the Vikings two point conversions. on fourth and one against the Seahawks a few weeks back in that exciting game. You know, you just kick a you, you just kick a field goal, and it's an eight point game at that point. And you know, you you still have to defend the touchdown. And if they score a touchdown, you still have to defend the two point conversion. But either way, you're going to overtime. You can't lose the game. But in these cases, you lost you, the game. You lost the game. I mean, especially the Titans game because you knew if the Titans won the toss with Derrick Henry the way he was mm-hmm. running that ball, they were going to win. Yeah. And I mean, I can't help but wonder if this is if this is all about analytics. It's all about looking down at the sheet that ESPN is showing on the screen or CBS is showing on the screen or Fox is showing on the screen. 92% win percentage if you do this, 85% win percentage if you do that. But that doesn't take into account the situation that's on the field and the players that you have on the field and the way that the team and the game has been progressing and what the environment is on the field. It doesn't take into account any of those things. It's not like poker. It's not like you have, you know, you have two aces and there's one, you know, one card to go. You know, the percentage, the odds of hitting an ace there. And it's the same percentage every single time. Yeah. This is not the same. Yeah. And both teams have two wins. Like total combined. They have two wins combined right now. And it's because these types of stupid decisions. I mean, and how can you, I mean, we'll talk about the Houston game when we get there, but you're forcing the team to go down the field and not only score a touchdown, but score a touchdown and convert the two-point conversion that you're about to attempt. Mm-hmm. So they have to do two difficult things yep. if you kick the extra point. Guskowski hadn't been great, but still he was going to probably make the extra point. So you, you're asking the team to go down and not only score a touchdown, but hit the two-point conversion. All you have to do is kick that extra point. I, I just It blows my mind how many... And, 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 uh, Mike Tomlin fell in love with this two years ago. He was in the beginning of the season. He was just going for two for, you know, every touchdown. He was just going for two. Yeah. It but seems if, like Peterson has fallen in love with that too, with the Eagles. But eventually Tomlin, you know, about the midway game six or seven through that season, he's like, you know, fuck it. I'm not doing it. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And he hasn't done it since, mm-hmm. but so many of these coaches are doing it and it just, it drives yeah, I me know, I, what, I don't know what they think it accomplishes, you know, for the team. You know, like for the, for is it morale to, I, to, to blow sure, your blow a, a three-hour enterprise it's, it's, on one play? Exactly. I mean, it's it, I think it's actually worse for the team. I mean, you're showing trust in your players if you want to show trust in your players, but show trust in your defense. Just kick the extra point and then you know trust your defense to hold the other team. Yeah. What happens when they fail? Exactly. The trust that you show. What where, where's the trust when you when you're, you know, when you run into your, you know, when you run into the offensive line and you don't make the you don't make the play. Or when the Tennessee Titans drive down the field and they beat you in overtime. Mm-hmm. Or when, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't get it. And the Ron Rivera thing, that was, to me, that one was the, probably the even more ridiculous than Cornell. Uh, because it, it just, you, you're, you're tying the game. You're putting yourself in a situation where at least the game is, in fact, tied in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't get it. But let's hope these guys you know, sort of come down to reality mm-hmm. uh, at some point in the near future. Because <laughs> it's driving me nuts watching it. All right, Franny, anything else to add about two-pointers? Nope, that's it. All right, next up we have the way too early, and there's a reason I want to do this. Yeah, because the Steelers are in first place. We have the way too early. Let's take a look at some of the other websites, Ben. We have the way way too early. There's a reason why Ben chose this particular (laughs) ranking. Well, CBS is a, you know, it's a a thoughtful, you know, very, very professional organization. Uh Uh-huh. Not as professional as ESPN. I think we we can all agree that CBS Sports is a little bit more professional than ESPN. Can we agree Uh, on that? I would would say so. Less, Less political, maybe. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we have the way too early power rankings here. Uh, Franny is correct. NFL.com and ESPN had a different 
uh, series at the top of the power rankings. But I'm gonna cho- I chose to go with CBS on because this one. Why, Ben? Because the Steelers, yeah, are number one in the NFL power rankings. I cannot believe that this is the case, and I cannot remember the last time that the Steelers were actually ranked a top. Well, you can't remember the last time they were five and zero either. I think it was you were a little boy. It was in yeah. I don't even know if I was. Well, it was in the seventies. I think it was ooh, it might have you, been you, seventy. You, it was mid seven, like late seventies. Yeah, I think it was maybe like seventy eight, seventy nine, somewhere around there. I mean, you were, you were just a little little boy. Yeah, I mean, this is it's been a long time. Yeah, so you know, we have yet to implode, which we probably will. But at least let us enjoy this moment really quick because we have two of the tag teams. Number oh, yeah. one is the Steelers. Number two is the Seahawks. Flip flopped on some of the other top you know rankings. Yeah, I mean, some had Kansas City at number one, which I. Don't agree with. I, I think any any that had Kansas City at the top, I think, is probably mistaken. Mm, I don't know. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. The Chiefs look good, man. They are the Chiefs, but we're, but this is this year. I know. And they have a loss, One? and the Steelers do not. No, not yet. They have a loss, and the Seahawks do not. Yeah. Uh, so I think putting... Hey, but look, the Titans also don't have a loss, but they're also down there. Yeah, the, well, the Titans are the Titans. <laughs> so you, you can't put the yeah, Titans... They were, in. they were only in the AFC Championship <laughs> game last year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the Chiefs coming in at number three. What do you think about the Ravens coming in at number four? Ahead um, of the Titans. I would actually put the Titans ahead of the Ravens right now. And I do not Me agree too. with the with the Bears. I, I know the Bears are five and one right now, but isn't I that funny the Bears number six? I would not I, I wouldn't put the Bears there right at this moment right now. I, maybe a few weeks from now, if they're maybe seven and one, then maybe move them up the rankings. But I think six is a little too generous right now for them. And I don't think they're going to win the division even. Yes. CBS Sports, I guess Matt Nagy's family has an ownership stake in CBS Sports. Uh, But the Ravens at number four, Titans at five, Bears at six, Buccaneers at seven. Do you think the Buccaneers belong seven is the Buccaneers, eight is the Packers. Do you think those should be flip-flopped? I would say so. I think the Packers Packers should be above the Bucs right now. I mean, Buccaneers are four and two, Packers are four and one. I know the Packers got shellacked by the Bucs this week, Mm -hmm. but still. I mean, the Packers were playing lights out going into this game. And putting the Browns in the top 10 at any time, at any point, <laughs> yeah, is not well, a good idea. The Browns at number nine. I, would, so, I would have the Rams above yeah. the Browns right now. The Bills are nine. The Browns are 10, even coming off that bad oh. loss to the Pittsburgh oh. Steelers. I, I don't know about the Rams, though. I think I'm, the Rams are 11, Saints are 12. I think I'd move the Saints probably up to number 10 and move both of those teams down. No, I, 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 I think the Rams would be 10. Browns 11, Saints 12. I'm pretty sure all of the Rams victories this uh, year have come across have come from the NFC East. But they won. They beat bad competition as you always should. Yeah, you should. I mean the NFC relegation division, <laughs> I'm calling it from now on. We're going to come up with a, a relegation hey, calendar. It used to be the NFC beast, all right? Remember that. I do the remember most, that. The most every every single team has a Super Bowl now. In John Riggins has retired. Unlike any other division in football. That oh is is no. that the only division with where every, every team has a title? Every single team has a title. It took a while. The Dolphins don't have a title. It the took Browns a long and Bengals time. don't have a title. Well, the, yeah, the Browns don't have a title because Mac no. fumbled it. Uh, the Bengals don't have a title. Bengals don't have a title. NFC West, Niners do, Seahawks do, Rams do. But the Cardinals do not. But the Cardinals do not. That's interesting. Interesting little factoid there. We won't go all the way through to 32. Yes. Otherwise, Friday will kill me. Uh, but the Colts coming in at 13 behind both the Saints, the Rams, and the Browns, and the Bills. I actually think the Colts might deserve to be a little bit higher, especially coming off that win this impressive, week. Impressive win. Cardinals at 14, Raiders at Raiders. Mm-hmm. Raiders in the top 15 is a big deal for that franchise. I mean, that was that was a nice victory against uh, Kansas City. 
But look at the lowly Patriots down there at 16. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was bound to happen eventually. I certainly don't attribute, I don't know if Frane does, uh, I don't attribute all this to the loss of Tom Brady. I think the team was going in this direction mm -hmm. and had to go in this direction eventually. Uh, so that's, that, that. you know, I think they're right about where they belong. Then you have Panthers, Dolphins, Niners, Broncos. Anything to talk about uh, there? Let's scroll down. Let's see the number one team right now in the NFC East. The, oh, the Eagles coming in at 21. Yeah, this was before. This was before the Thursday night game. They actually might move above the Broncos. They might be at 20 right now. Yeah, they're 2, 4, and 1. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. to, I don't. I can't wait to see the line at the end of the season. It's going to be like, it's going to be like it's six. A, it doesn't matter. It's going to be like six, eight, and two. You just make the playoffs. Six, eight, and two. <laughs> we, uh, another tie. There's going to be another tie. Hey, hey, I'd take it as long as we make the playoffs. Whatever. Out of the NFC East, I mean, it's almost a guarantee that the that the winner of the NFC East is going to have a below 500 record. Well, it's, it's almost getting, guaranteed. It's, it's getting pretty close to that right now. I mean, you know, with with four losses for the Eagles, four losses for. Uh, for the Cowboys, you know, it's 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 getting pretty close to where the team mathematically would not be able to have a winning record. And just remember, the seven and nine Seahawks <laughs> beat the New Orleans Saints in the playoffs. Defending Super Bowl champion. Yeah. The beast. Beast mode set. I think that was a game where he set the I, un, the NFL record for loudest yeah, stadium so. noise. Decibel, uh, level. decibel level. Yeah. So, yeah, the Falcons are down there. Vikings have been extremely disappointing. Texans also another very disappointing team. That's a little low for the Texans at twenty eight uh, though. Yeah, we have one win, so I mean that's that's not that low. I know. I feel like they're a better team. Yeah. Well, Bengals are down there. Giants are down there. I think we all know who number thirty two is. <laughs> <laughs> the the Trevor the New York Trevor Lawrence's <laughs> uh, football team at thirty one. Look at that three twenty nine Giants thirty one football team. 32 Jets. Oh, my God. They couldn't have come up with a better name than that. I like it. I, I, I would team? keep it. I would keep it. I would not. It's the only team in the league with a name like that. Red Tails. They just call them the Red Tails. They just call them anything. It's yeah, it's football coming. Team. It's definitely coming. Uh, Friday, anything else to add about uh, the that's it. way, way too early power rankings? Well, they're not way too early. I mean, we're halfway through the season, pretty much. Well, that's true. But yeah. the Steelers are number one, so I'm just going to you know bask in this. For a Their short glory. period of time before the Tennessee Titans run up one side of us yeah, and down the other. Time. It's been a long time, Ben. Yeah, it's been a really long time. Yep. Even though, you know, we're not throwing the ball all over the place. It's not 40 points a game. You know, winning games 45 to 38. You know, the defense is playing well. So let's see how long we can keep this ball rolling. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. All right. Thank you all to our loyal listeners and those of you that have been with us for a long, long time. We are coming up, Franny, just a few short days, about a week and a half. We will come up on our two-year anniversary. Know. Crazy, man. We got to figure out how we're going to celebrate that. I think it's November 4th, I want to say. I believe so. Yeah, that's two years. Jeez, that, that flew right by. Almost 100 episodes. Crazy. Yeah, we're going to get it. It's like, and that tells you how many... Uh, and that doesn't count our Super Bowl episode nope. and some yeah. of our, uh, you know, our bonus episodes. So that tells you how few weeks we do, in fact, miss. We don't miss that many. You know, two what, two years is what, 54 weeks or 100, 104 <laughs> weeks. Yeah. And we're going to have almost 100 episodes right, right, right near, right near that. that. Yeah. 
Uh, so we are two. It says 2018. We have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening tonight, please, or tomorrow, or in your car, or anytime you're listening to this podcast, please consider heading to our website at thirstygold.buzzsprout.com or search Thirsty Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review our show. Please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, your mail carrier, your FedEx person, your UPS delivery person, your Amazon delivery person. Stop them in the driveway, in your hallway. Hey, FedEx was here today, Ben. Yes. Uh? And, I, and tell them about our podcast. Get their phone and put our podcast in their podcatcher. It would be truly, truly appreciated. We can't tell you all how much we appreciate you all listening to our podcast and patronizing this wonderful, wonderful show. We truly appreciate it. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our NFL Week 6 recap. All right, folks. Ah, see that? We're only 39 Ooh, minutes right. in. Uh, so we'll be uh, we'll be right back with our Week 6 recap and well, one game of Week 7. That's right. The that's Philadelphia right. Eagles at number one. The New York Giants. Hold tight, everybody. All right, and welcome back. And Ben, it is recap time for week six. Can you believe we are heading into week six? I can't. Or week seven. I, I, I actually, yeah. I mean, if I wonder if this agenda is is accurate. Is to, yeah, it's, it's, if it's up to snuff, Ben. I mean, you know, it's it's yet a long work week. You That's know, true. You put this agenda together just before we came on the podcast yep. because that Antonio Brown news. So. You know, I just want to make sure that all the information on here is correct. Yeah, last week I think it said week five and six, yeah. it, or uh, four and five, four and, and five. It, it should have said five and six. So we're on track this weekend, at least, to have the correct agenda. Uh, so we, I don't know. Did we talk? Uh, no, we didn't. So we're going to start with the Texans at Titans. This Ooh, is the Romeo Cornell man. trying to prove oh, his man. manhood. He's like, I'm 73. I don't give a fuck. This was a ridiculous. I mean, it was actually a good game. Oh, this game was amazing. But uh, Romeo Cornell decided to give it away there at the end. Yep, Friday, yep. what do you think about this? The Texans at one and five. Yep. Tennessee Titans, yep. obviously five and zero, oh, uh, falling or beating the te- the Texans thirty or forty two to thirty six in OT. Yeah, no, I mean in, in this game, Tennessee going up early fourteen nothing, and then uh, Houston Texans. Coming right back. I mean, this is really a back and forth affair between both teams. But Derek Henry, God, man, what an a what a performance! I can't even. I don't even know what to say. Hundred and twelve yards and two touchdowns. That is amazing. One of those, I think, was 60, 70 yards plus mm-hmm. touchdown run. Fun game to watch. Uh, Deshaun Watson, poor Deshaun Watson. Great game. Twenty eight to thirty seven for three hundred thirty five yards and count them four touchdowns in the game. Tannehill with four TDs and one interception on three hundred sixty six yards. Nothing on the ground for Houston. David Johnson, the leader, with 57 yards. But as Franny mentioned, Derrick Henry with 22 carries for 212 yards and two huge touchdowns Look at in Will the Fuller. game. Will Fuller, well, well, Fuller when he's healthy. Look at that, 123 yards. Yeah, he's with a, a good TD in the game. I mean, great TD. Uh, but what do you think? I mean, it looks like the Tennessee Titans, they showed some weakness in this game on defense. They're giving mm-hmm. up about six yards a play on defense, which is a little bit more than Derrick Henry is averaging mm-hmm. per run. Uh, you know, well, it's, I, it's a different Texans team now. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you got Romeo Cornell under the helm. You don't have O'Brien anymore. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's more freedom for the offense than there was before. And so I'm not shocked by that. But 
like you said, Ben, going for it on, you know, uh, for a two point conversion at the end of the game. I I don't don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, that cost your team the game. I mean, you know, one and five. I mean, it's not like two and four is, is so much better. Uh, but, uh, geez. but at least two and four keeps yeah, you alive. No, it does it, keep with you the seven, bit, you know, with yeah, the seven afloat. teams making the playoffs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, but what do you? I mean, what do you think? I mean, I know his explanation was to win the game. Obviously, that's that's your goal to win the game, but it's also not to lose the game. But and that's what happened. You know, but seeing how well Tennessee had played in the second half of that game, I I just don't know why you would do that. I mean, they mm-hmm. they jumped out to a big lead in the beginning. It was 14 and nothing in the first quarter, uh, Tennessee over Houston and Houston battled back in this game. Uh, Deshaun Watson, if he had gotten, you know, if they had won the coin toss there, you know, it could have gone a different way, but I just don't understand why you don't play the real odds there and make it eight points going in to the final drive of the game. Uh, it's inexplicable. I, 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 it, it, say. I, that's, that's what I was thinking in my mind right now, Ben, but you finished my sentence for me before I even started it. But it's, is it desperation? What is it? I think a little bit might have been desperation just because of, you know, their record right now, but their record could be a little bit better <laughs> if they just, you know, kick the extra point. Ugh. That's all you had to do. Maybe give your team give your team a chance. Right yeah, there. it's just it's so disheartening when you do something yeah, like that. I, I mean, yeah. you throw the entire game away on that one play. Yeah, and it was a great game. It was an amazing game yeah. to watch. And I and I I was watching it early on yeah. and I thought, "Okay, Tennessee's got this That's game." That's what I thought. You know, 14-0 up, but, you know, Houston made a run. They took the lead. And it was it was just a back and forth game, and it was it was a lot of fun. So that's that's one of like the early that's one of the uh, classics of this year so yeah, far. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, every single game the Seahawks game. play plus this one. Yeah. yeah anytime the Seahawks <laughs> play, doesn't matter who they play, even the Bengals. Yeah, exactly. They'll make it exciting no matter what. Yeah. And speaking of the Bengals, the Bengals fall to the Colts, thirty-one <sighs> to twenty-seven. Was the Bengals loss. are losing. Close game after close game after close game. Burrows with Burrow with the terrible interception at the end of that game. Uh, the Bengals just can't seem to get out of their own way at the end of these games. Uh, Rivers played pretty well, twenty nine of forty four for three hundred and seventy one yards. Frank Reich said not a problem. Three count them. Three touchdowns in the game. One interception. Joe Burrow three hundred thirteen yards on thirty nine attempts. No TDs and one heartbreaking interception near the end of that game. Uh, Franny, what do you think about the Bengals? One, four, and one. I wonder where that tie came from. Hmm. And four. And ba- <laughs> hey, it, it keeps us in first place. <laughs> yeah, all that's right? true. Uh, hey, at least the Bengals were able to hold on at the end of that game. Yeah. Uh, four and two. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts come back after a loss last week. Uh, but Cincinnati was able to score, you know, 14 points in the first quarter, 10 points in the third quarter, three points in the third quarter. And again, nothing in the fourth yeah. quarter. Uh, Indianapolis played pretty well throughout this game, but the, well, the Bengals not, just not can't early get, on. Not early, not on. early I mean, on. They were down twenty-one nothing in this game. Yeah. This is an impressive victory for the Colts. We talked last week about Philip Rivers and his struggles. Twenty-one points in the second quarter, and and, and he played great in this one. I mean, he actually, he actually made some nice throws down the field in this one. Um, but man, what a heartbreaking loss for the Cincinnati Bengals. And but game, well, not for you, Ben. It's in your division. So I mean, I'm happy they lost, but yeah. I'm watching Burrow. I mean, the game after game after game, they're in these games. They're they're, I mean, the next year, they're, they're one year, two years away from, you know, now I want to say being a, a playoff contender, but, you know, maybe somebody in the division they have to worry about, Ben. Yeah, I mean, nothing else really to speak of on the, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Marcus Johnson for the Indianapolis Colts with five receptions for 108 yards. Uh, TD for Trey Burton, TD for Zach Pascal, TD for Jack Doyle, of course. Uh, and on the other side of the ball, no 
receiving TDs whatsoever. But Joe Mixon, of course, with a TD. Giovanni Bernard off the scrap heap, still around with a TD. Joe Burrow with a TD on the ground. Uh, but the Bengals just can't seem to close out one of these yeah, games. No, they're still young. I mean, you know, that's what happens when you have a rookie quarterback. You just want to perform well. You might not win the games, but moving forward, you can remain positive because you know he's going to be yeah, for sure. pretty darn good in the future. I mean, same thing with the Chargers. They just keep losing these close mm-hmm. games. Uh, but yeah. apparently we can't doubt Frank Reich either. Nope. Uh, because he come said Philip Rivers back, not Frank the problem. Reich, come back to the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles. 30. What is it? 30, 29, and 1. Yeah, they're about 500. And actually, no, I think they're... I think it's about 20 and 20. 20, 20 somewhere around there. You know. Oh, no, yeah. It was 2019 and 1. Yeah. So now it's what? It's 20, 21, 19 and 1. Yeah. Yeah, without Frank Reich. And that's not particularly good. No, thanks, Ben. I mean, it's great for, <laughs> for the, I know this. <laughs> but for the NFC East, that's like 15 and 1. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, the Atlanta Falcons under their new yeah, the Quinless. Raheem Morris down there in Atlanta. Beautiful, beautiful win. 40 to 23 over the hapless Minnesota Vikings on the road. 40 to 23. The Falcons go to one and five. The Vikings go to one and five. I can't believe it. Oh my I, goodness! They're, they're, they're one. Actually, both these teams are very disappointing. But look what happens: you take Quinn away from the Falcons, and you get your first win of the season. And they didn't lose after taking the lead, which yeah. is pretty amazing too. Yeah, I mean, and they they scored ten points in the yeah. first quarter, ten Thank in you. the second, ten in the third, ten in the fourth. Yeah, that's a that's a box score right they, there. They took the lead and they kept it, which is something Atlanta fans haven't been excited about. No, not since the Super Bowl. Uh, Matt Ryan not wanting to be a cap casualty next year if this team decides to go into rebuild mode. Uh, 30 of 40 for 375, 371 yards and count them. Four touchdowns in a game. Kirk motherfucking Cousins. <laughs> 24 of 36 for 343 yards. Three touchdowns. Count them. Three interceptions. Your guy. What say you? You know, he's not Kirk motherfucking Cousins anymore. I mean, I'm, that, I'm very disappointed. Is he Kirk off Mount Rushmore? He is off my Mount Rushmore of mediocre quarterbacks. Is they got the chisel up there? Yeah. <laughs> they They're the, changing the facial. They have the dynamite. They have the dynamite. <laughs> They're going to take him right off that that Mount Rushmore of mediocre quarterbacks. Kirk, motherfucking cousins, you are off. Yeah, I don't know it, what happened to you. In his interview, he said if he keeps playing like this, he won't be playing at the end of the season. From the obvious department, yes. If you throw three interceptions a game, you will not be playing at the end of the season. Uh, but Todd Gurley with a, you know, a pedestrian game, 20. Yeah, very pedestrian. Very pedestrian. For 47 yards. Uh, Madison again. Yeah, I think he, I th- did he get injured. I think he got injured in this game, actually, Tom Gurley. Uh, Todd, Tom Gurley. Todd oh. Gurley. Oh, did he? I think he might have been injured. Not a particularly shocking development. Uh, Julio Jones, 137 yards and two, count them, two touchdowns. Also, Calvin Ridley with a touchdown. Hayden Hurst back in the lineup and scoring a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, Alex, uh, or I'm sorry, Kirk Cousins, go-to guy. This season, anyway, two touchdowns on 166 yards. He did what he could. Adam Thielen with a touchdown on 51 yards. Uh, but this is a this is this is not what I think either one of us expected going into this season from either one of these. No, teams. no, they, they've both been huge disappointments. Them, the entire NFC East, <laughs> and the Texans. I mean, that's that's. But at least the Falcons, they get a win. You know, Raheem Morris. Who knows what'll become of him going into next season? Maybe they name him the permanent head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least they get a win. They get off the Schneid. Yeah. You know, the Vikings, they traded Yannick Ngakwe. Was it today or yesterday he got traded? So they're clearly clearing cap space. the Ravens, right? Yeah. Ooh, Ben, that's a big-name player going to your division right there. I know, but Ngakwe, he didn't play particularly well for the Vikings. I think they're signing Des Bryant, too. 
They're talking about yeah. it. But if they could have Des Bryant. Well. And they could also have, you know, my, you know, <laughs> 23-year-old truck that's sitting on the street right now. Him and Des Bryant are about the same. Well, your truck is more serviceable, I'd say. Yeah, that's true. It's probably it's actually probably worth more. I could more. borrow it and go to Home Depot tomorrow yeah. and, and pick something up. Yeah, good luck with your Des Bryant hey, by the signing. Way, Sign that go with your Earl Thomas signing. Could I, could I buy your truck tomorrow? Don't you just hate that when you have a truck and people yeah, yeah, just yeah. ask you, can I borrow your I got to move. Yeah, well, I, I, we did that recently, actually, with you. We, was it the water heater? I well, yeah, but at least heater. it was one trip and back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it wasn't yeah. like take my couch down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took your couch down the stairs once, man. <laughs> I know, I you know. Said, this is going to be an easy move. It was one of the worst moves ever. Oh, years, that, that was years funny back because we had two. I had two couches in my apartment. The heaviest I, couches ever. Yeah, before I moved over here, and those couches were gone and <laughs> out. Son, you got rid of those couches. As you should within, have. Within like a month and a half, she's like, I can't look at these couches anymore. They're hideous. But they were made out of steel. I don't know what they were made <laughs> out of. I mean, they, there was. A, I think you had weights. Did you? That, did you <laughs> no, but that one couch was a really good couch. I just chose. I just chose some. Definite really quality. terrible upholstery for it, and Sonia yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. Re- she refused to look at it. <laughs> that, uh, I think my back still hurts from that day. Uh, yeah, I apologize. That, yeah, was, that, is. that was that was a rough move. Well, that's easy. It's easy. Only a couple of couches. Yeah, we should have just thrown it over the, the balcony. Heaviest motherfucking couches ever. It was definitely heavy. Uh, next up, Broncos at the Patriots. The Patriots fall to the Broncos, eighteen to twelve. Patriots going to two and three, below five hundred. Broncos going to two and three, but eighteen to twelve in New England. This was a shocker, Frane. What say you about the Patriots? Yeah, I know Cam Newton. You know, just got out of COVID protocol. Uh-huh. Wasn't with the team practicing, but the, he did not look good in this game. No, he didn't look. I mean, nobody looked good in this game. I mean, this game was it was a really boring game to watch. It was a, it was a snooze fest basically. Uh, you know, I, I I chose New England to win this game because I said I I I I just can't bet against Bill Belichick. And I did not, but I should have. Um, but this was just a really boring game to watch. It's, it's basically like all of the Broncos games over the past five years have been extremely boring games. Even the Super Bowl that they won was not entirely that much fun to watch. No, and even look at the crooked numbers for the quarterbacks. Drew Locke, 10 of 24, 189 yards and no touchdowns, two interceptions. Cam Newton, 17 of 25, 157 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. That is about as ugly a line for two competing quarterbacks in a game as you will ever see. Uh, but 18 to 12 Broncos, you know, pull away there at the end or at the, in the third quarter, New England was not able to catch up in the fourth quarter. Cam Newton, his fourth down attempt goes to the turf and they are unable to convert at the end of this game. But it looks like the Patriots may be, they may be rebuilding for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, they, We'll see what happens with Cam Newton. Like you said, he had a couple weeks off there. Didn't play too well on this one. We'll see what happens next week. Or they, I'm not sure yeah. when their buy is, but they got him spied though. They've got they figured out the you know they figured out the running plays for New England with Cam Newton, and they've got him covered. He's not able to move the ball down the field with his legs as much uh, because defenses are king on that, and the arm has not been as friendly to the Patriots as Belichick would have liked. Uh, he said this week they've got to practice. Harder and practice smarter. Practice. Practice? You talking about practice? <laughs> uh, next up, Washington. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Washington at the New York Giants. The Washington football team falls 19 to 20 to the New York Giants. Giants 1 and 5. Washington 1 and 5. But what say you about Ron Rivera not kicking the extra point at the end of this one? I mean, we didn't agree with it 
at the beginning of the podcast. I mean, it was a stupid move for him to just try to win the game. I mean, you tie the game and then, you know, you go into overtime and see what happens. I just, I don't understand what these coaches are doing. I mean, it's like I said, it's not Madden. It's it's, it's the NFL. I mean, these games matter. Ugh. I'm not playing you, Ben. On You know, it's not like, well, you never play Madden anyways. And I would kick your ass probably if we did. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You play to win the game. Thanks, Ron. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hello? You play to win the game. Yeah, I mean, I love Herm Edwards, but even he wouldn't have done this. Yeah, no, I don't think so. This was, actually, I had some highlights from some of these games, which I didn't play. Uh, Franny is probably happy to hear that. Uh, but not much. I don't know what we could say about uh, a game from the NFC East that doesn't involve uh, the Eagles. <laughs> but here we go. We have the next game. The Ravens versus the Eagles. The Baltimore Ravens hold on just by the hair of their chinny-chin beak <laughs> to beat the Eagles who fall. Their wings were clipped at the end of this game, yeah. falling 30-28. to 28. The Eagles go to 1-4-1 and one at the time. The Ravens at 5-1. and one. But, Frane, take it away. What do you think about uh, a game that you should I mean, not I, have been in scoring 22 no, points in the fourth quarter that is true. to almost tie it on a two-point conversion? Yeah, and it was not the best two-point conversion. And I mean, I don't know what the hell the play was. You're not was. supposed to just take the ball with no time, you know, rush the snap and run into your offensive players? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not the plan? I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the plan was at all on that last play. Uh, I mean, it was, it was such a significant play in the game, and they failed miserably. Um, but like you said, Ben, I mean, they had no business being in this game, especially, you know, being 17 nothing down in this one. Uh, you know, there's a missed field goal, I believe, uh, in the game. You know, I think going into overtime, it could have been 17-3 or whatever it was. But, um, you know, the Eagles, you know, I respect the fight. You know, they, they did play with some some passion. I mean, they come out slow. They come out slow, and this is something that I've harped on for so long on this podcast. They always seem to come out slow and have to fight from behind. Shut out at halftime, zero. And, and uh, 17 to you know, nothing. They, they, they definitely have to turn that around. I mean, I, we saw that against the, the Giants this past Thursday where they actually came down and scored on their first drive of the game, which is something that they don't, they don't do very often. I think it's their second time this season that they have, they have actually done that where they actually score on their first drive of the game. But... Um, that was disappointing. I mean, it's it's always it's always disappointing to lose. I mean, it's good to see the fight. I mean, against Steelers the week before, against Baltimore here, and then we'll talk more about that Thursday night game. Um, you know, just you know, being down and then just you know having the composure to stay in the game, and uh, you know, potential to even you know tie right here, but you know, it just didn't work out. The Baltimore Ravens are a great team, and so are the Steelers, and. You know, a loss is a loss. I you know I'll, I'll take these losses. This is a great loss. The one against Washington, not so much. Um, but well, I wouldn't say it's a great loss, but yeah, no, I mean, because that play was a complete clusterfuck. Yeah, but I mean, the they, they, like you said, they shouldn't have been in this game after being down as much as they were against a good football team. Yeah, I mean, I'll say Doug Peterson, you know, love him, hate him, however you feel about Doug Peterson, he gets the guys on that team to play as a cohesive unit, both physically and emotionally. These this team plays together; they are one cohesive unit. They really, really stay in each game. They don't give up on any game. Uh, on the sideline, you can see it. In a locker room, you can see it. These guys are together, and they like each other. But Doug Peterson should not be permitted to call plays in the red zone. He just should not be able to. I mean, when you get when they get Carson Wentz, you know he's he's improvising. He's under extraordinary duress this season. I mean, the offensive line is a, is completely collapsed around him. He's taking a beating game I mean, after game after game. The most sacks, the most quarterback hits. I mean, this guy's getting beat up for a guy that has injury issues, you know, his entire career. And and for him to take this sort of beating week after week after week, I mean, eventually, 
he's going to snap. But he was able to get him down there, score that touchdown, notwithstanding Doug Peterson's play calling. They were able to get down there, but even when they got down there, uh, they weren't able to control, well, at least they weren't able to manage the play clock, play clock well, and they had to get this two-point conversion off far quick, more quickly at the line than they wanted to. And as a consequence, not only was Jalen Hurts not in the game when he should have been in the game on that two-point conversion, but because they had to snap the ball so quickly, the players were not set, and Carson Wentz ends up on a, on a quarterback option, running into the running back, getting tackled, and falling down on a play that looked like a broken play all the way. Mm-hmm. And it's just heartbreaking to see that after coming back and scoring 22 points and having an opportunity to tie the game and potentially win the toss and score a touchdown. Potentially. And have a marquee happen. win. I mean, the Raiders beat the Chiefs. This yeah. would have been like the Raiders beating the Chiefs, only you're not as skilled on the field as yeah. the Chiefs, as and the Raiders because the guys are hurt. benefited the Steelers too, Ben. Yeah, so. and that was uh, kind of what I was hoping yeah. would happen there. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I, I, I can't say enough about the fight that's in this team. Mm-hmm. This game, and then we'll talk about the yeah, game I mean, against I mean, the Giants, but this is, the they receivers. got a lot of fight. Look at the receivers. Fulgham. Hightower, Hurts uh, went Fulgham? out. Fulgham, come on, everybody knows Rogers, Fulgham. you know, uh, uh, a backup, backup, backup tight end. You know, Greg Ward, Boston Scott. I mean, all these guys are, you know, practice squad guys. Jason Kroom. Who the fuck is Jason Kroom? I he don't know. himself a touchdown. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, you know, one of our potential starters, one of the worst wide receivers <laughs> on our squad. Uh, but, you know, you look at these names and they're, you don't even know who these guys are. Well, I think Travis Fulgham is on a loan from Manchester United, yeah. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I saw his name, I thought, does this guy play? Yeah. Is this guy, the, this guy in, the, in the Premier League? Hey, Travis Fulgham. That guy, he's a wide receiver. <laughs> he looks good. I mean, yeah. there's a reason he got no, cut no, so many he's... times. But uh, but look, at Carson Wentz, at least in this game, no interceptions in this game. I think he had a fumble in this game, but no interceptions in this game. Mm-hmm. Impressive enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Franny, I would take... A, I would take I actually, hey, they're in first place right now. Yeah, if you could be happy about a loss, you know, I, I actually, if the Steelers play losses. Baltimore, if we lose by two, I'd probably be happy. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. You'd be pissed. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the moment, I'd be. You're pissed. You're number one on CBS's rankings. Yeah, that's of course. I mean, we should be number one on everybody's <laughs> rankings, uh, unless you listen to uh, unless you listen to the Around the NFL podcast. And uh-huh. Ben Roethlisberger is a game manager. Uh, game manager is he's become Ryan Tannehill all of a sudden. <laughs> Or, or Ryan Tannehill in uh, Miami. In Miami. Uh, but next up, the Cleveland Browns Ooh. get just their butts handed to yeah, them. They did, Ben. By my Pittsburgh Steelers, thirty-eight to seven in Heinz Field. Cleveland never in this game. Uh, Baker Mayfield under duress for the entirety of this game until he was pulled for Case Keenum. He was getting beat up all game long. Yeah. Steelers intercepting. I mean, Micah Fitzpatrick with a with a beautiful pick six on Baker Mayfield. Interceptions in this game, just just completely fumble in this game. I fumble recovering this game, I believe. But the defense was all over them. Ben Roethlisberger did not have to do much. Only 162 yards on 22 attempts and one touchdown in a game. But make Baker Mayfield 10 of 18 for 119 yards, one touchdown. Count it and subtract two interceptions in the game. But the Steelers just beat the living shit out of the yeah. Browns on this day. Franey would say. I mean, you. from beginning to end, it was Steelers all the way. I mean, the Steelers I was didn't like, let get up. those guys in fourth quarter. Like, get I, them out, get them out, I, get I, these guys out of the game. No, I thought I thought the Browns might have a little bit of a comeback in them. They have but no comeback. No, I mean the Steelers. This was just a dominant performance by the Steelers, Ben. And I'm sure you were happy the entire game. You were, I you were loved it from cheek to cheek. I was happy, and those of you who have been with us for a long time who remember Sonya, our third co-host, that. <laughs> 
who has essentially given up on the show. She will be on eventually. Uh, but she was, up, but she's she, on hiatus. She's on hiatus. But she was so pissed off during this game because the Seahawks never have a game like this. I feel like the last Seahawks game no, like first, this the, they did. was the, the first, first Super Bowl. The, no, the first game, the first game they played against the Falcons, they, that was a that was a fairly easy victory. That was oh, that that's one true. game. That's true. You know, out of the five that they won, that was actually fairly easy. And yeah, the Steelers, they look really good in this game. Got a quick little highlight. We gotta give at least one highlight from the Steeler game. All right. First down from the twenty eight. End zone bound wide open is Washington for the touchdown. Another linebacker on a Steelers wide receiver ends badly for the defense, <laughs> but this was this was a really enjoyable experience. I uh, I believe it's been I believe the Steelers have beat Cleveland at home seventeen times in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they've won a game at Heinz Field or in Three Rivers since two thousand and three. Uh, so I was happy at this result. No doubt about yeah. that. Yeah, that was that was. I mean, for a division game, I mean, all division games are tough, but the Steelers, the, the Steelers made it look easy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, next up, the battle of the Bears at the Panthers, which was an yeah. interesting little game here. Twenty-three to sixteen, the Bears prevail. They go to five and one. The Panthers go to three and three. Somehow, the Bears are five and one. Teddy Bridgewater just could not get out of the out of the grasp of the Chicago Bears defense, which is playing lights out this year. But, Franny, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I picked the Panthers to win this one. I think you may have also picked the Panthers to win this one. Um, you know, it's it, like you said, I mean, the defense played great. You know, Teddy Bridgewater threw two interceptions this one. I think there was a fumble sometime in the game as well. I forgot who fumbled it. Um, but, uh, you know, this, this was a defensive game. I mean, you know, not, Nick Foles didn't look that great. I mean, they just had the you know possession of the ball more than uh, than the Panthers did. And, you know, they... they didn't score that many points, you know, still 23-16. It was a pretty close game. I think, uh, you know, when the interceptions came at the end uh, while the Panthers were trying to make a comeback. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Chicago Bears defense looks solid. They look. I mean, they were all over Bridgewater all game long. Bridgewater with 216 yards on 29 attempts, no touchdowns, two interceptions at the game. Nick the Dick falls 23 of 39 that is some ugly it's, uh, numbers. Big, big Dick Nick. Big ben. Dick Nick. Uh, 198 yards, one count it, one touchdown, one interception in the game. But the Bears somehow, some way, are five and one. I can't believe it. How is this? I mean, would you watch the game and you think, how has this how has this team won five mm-hmm. out of six games? And yep. I can't quite figure it out. Yeah. But Nick Foles, apparently, you just I mean they beat Tampa magic Bay. Magic just right? follows him. They beat Tampa Bay. Yeah. You know, I mean, on that, that touchdown was, at the end of the game, Brady, an Brady, and then Brady thought it was fourth down or third uh, yeah. down. That was that was an impressive victory for them. But I, I don't know what to make of this Bears team. So we'll see what happens when they play some stiffer competition. Mm-hmm. Uh next up, the Lions getting off the Schneid. Oh, actually, no, they already had a win. Yeah. Uh Detroit 34, Jacksonville 16. The Lions go to two and three. The Jacksonville Jaguars go to one and five. Minshew Mania is officially over I well, I think, in Jacksonville. Yes and no. I I think Minshew is still the quarterback of the future for this team. I just don't they don't have enough talent on this team. You know, I mean they, he they, looked pretty bad. They in this got game. rid of everybody. I mean, they, they don't have anybody on this team anymore. You know, basically, I think you know, you stick with Minshew and you kind of build, you know, you try to build around him. Yeah, I'm not gonna have, put it on Minshew. James Robinson. You yeah. have Lavishka Chenault Jr. Yeah, of course. Who He's hasn't heard of these people? <laughs> uh, but Matthew Stafford deserved a win. 19 of 31, 223 yards and a touchdown in the game. One interception. Minshew with one interception and one touchdown on 243 yards on 44 attempts. Uh, but I think the Jacksonville Jaguars season is over. 
Uh, the Detroit Lions still alive, mm-hmm. hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's nice to see Stafford get a win. And I got to play this quick little highlight because I love it when a tight end catches a, t- a touchdown. Stafford throws, goal line caught into the end zone. Touchdown, TJ Hawkinson and the Lions add to their lead. TJ Hawkinson, a guy I was hoping that the Steelers would take as well. But I just love, want everybody, Ben. Yeah, well, I do want everybody. Except Antonio Brown. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. Well, if he wants to come back. You know, <laughs> we are making our super. Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a $41 million cap hit next year. Yeah, that's true. That's going to make it a little tough. Uh, we're we're going to restructure need, we it. We don't need to talk about this next game. Oh, yeah. Jets. We're not going to talk. We're not going to go through the box score. Jets, zero. Going to zero and six. Dolphins, 24. Going to three and three. But holy shit, the first, I think it's the first shutout of the season, I believe. But this game was horrific. The Jets get worse and worse. Adam Gase, as bad as they come as a head coach, I think they're going to keep him in New York just so that they can draft Trevor Lawrence. Uh, But the Dolphins, the big news out of this game, Frane, Tua Tagovailoa Mm -hmm. in the game. Ryan Fitzpatrick benched. And uh, it looks like Tua is going to be the, the starter yeah, for the rest of the they, season, they, yeah, at least as of this week. They announced that. And I don't know if I if I agree with it 100%, right? I mean, you're, earlier you know, in the season, we talked about these rookie quarterbacks that were drafted that they should start. But at this point in the season, with the way Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing, <laughs> I, I think he deserves to hold on to the starting position until he fucks up because he does fuck up eventually. It always happens with Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's it's he gets recycled. He has some great games and he has a few bad games and some great games again, but he's usually on a different team by the time that happens. But I would I would I would allow Ryan Fitzpatrick to, my to, to continue to remain the quarterback in uh Miami right now over Tua until he fucks up. Let this guy fuck up first. He didn't do anything wrong. No, but uh, poor guy. When I heard the news, I was I was heartbroken. Yeah, my heart hurt for the rest of the day. <laughs> Actually, I agree with Frane to some degree. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was really, really unfairly yeah. treated on Twitter Not and nice. around the media world uh, because he reacted with the emotions that he reacted with to this news, saying that he was heartbroken, saying that it really, really impacted him emotionally. Uh, people all over. This is why you don't go on Twitter to converse <laughs> with people. If you want to know every single little thing that's worse, that that's problem or that's a problem with humanity, you will find it on Twitter in any given moment. Uh, please don't get any information from that from Twitter. Uh, it was a class performance by Ryan Fitzpatrick all the way. I what a lot of people don't know is that when Tua Tagovailoa was called into this game, the first thing that Ryan Fitzpatrick did on the sidelines was wave his hands in the air to the fans that were in Miami trying to get the fans to cheer for Tua mm-hmm. going out on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh clearly he's a team player supporting his backup quarterback upset clearly upset in the moment that he was benched, but instead of giving him the credit for being a stand-up guy that he was, Twitter and the media just attacked him for acting the way that he did and being a big baby, as they like to say. Uh, organizationally, I think this is the right decision. I think, I think as an organization, you got to go with Tua. Maybe not right now. Maybe not right now. Maybe not right now. I but, mean, but on the player level, I get Patrick has done nothing. He's done nothing to lose his oh, job. No, I mean, so it's twenty-four far. to nothing. Yeah. Uh, but on a player level, I get why he's I upset. The Jets, I but. feel it. I, I I understand where they're coming from. So, you know, on the locker room level, 
I get it. I think Fitzpatrick probably should have been given, you know, a little bit more rope before he starts playing as Ronnie said, like the real Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. But organizationally, they probably should have done this at the beginning of the season. And they're still in the playoff hunt. Yeah, technically, yeah. I mean, they still have a chance in that division. Mm-hmm. And Friday was mentioning that before the podcast. They still, I mean, they're still not out of the hunt in this particular division. So to to, to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick, what if Tua goes on and loses the next two games? Yep, exactly. Then you're pretty much out of it. But take it easy, media. I mean, the guy was just showing you his how he felt. He was being honest with you about how he felt, and he cheered for the guy when he was out on the field. Mm-hmm. So let's let's cut these players a little bit of slack. Uh, next up, Frane's beloved. Oh, that's disappointing. Frane's beloved gets his ass handed to him. Do you know? Well, let's go through the score. Uh, Green Bay Packers 10 at Tampa Bay 38. The Buccaneers go to four and two, and the Packers go to four and one. Brett Favre throwing one of his only three. Brett Count them. Brett Favre. Or, uh, sorry, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you always do. Aaron Rodgers. Well, I want Brett Favre Brett back. Brett Favre will forever be your quarterback Brett for the Favre, Green Bay please, Packers. Please come back and play. Uh, three pick sixes. In his, he throws a pick six approximately every 20,000 or whatever it was, 2,000 pass attempts. Uh, is it 2,000? Yeah, I think 2,000 pass attempts. It's not what I expected. Uh, so he, had, he threw a pick six and what was another pick six. Uh, but Brett, you know, Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers was completely completely handled in this game. Franny, what do you think? It's not Brett Favre, Ben. Uh, but no, Brett Favre I, would I not was, have got beat 38 to 10. I was shocked. I was shocked. I the mean, hapless you know, Buccaneers. I, they're not hapless. They're not hap- They're not even near hapless right now, Ben. They're not half full. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know what explain happened out your, there. Explain I'm your quarterback. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. He's still my favorite quarterback, all right? He's still the GOAT. He's, he's the goat that threw pick sixes, whatever, whatever. rolled his eyes, smiled, whatever. rolled his eyes when he got sacked by, uh, I can't remember who was it sacked. Hey, was it? I think Bay, it was Indomitian Sioux. Tampa Bay has more talent Soup? on that team, all right? They have more talent on that team. They play like they had more talent on that team. Uh, yeah, I mean, their defense didn't play, hasn't been playing particularly well, they played well in this game. Uh, but Rodgers with 160 yards on 35 attempts, zero. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Tom Brady, the goat. 166 yards on 27 attempts. Aaron Rodgers will be back. Two touchdowns in the game. Uh, But, you know, they were playing. You know, Devontae Adams had 61 yards in the game. Aaron Jones didn't play particularly well. uh, 15 yards on 10 carries. But this was an ugly, ugly game from start to finish. I mean, they got their asses handed to them. They did. Sometimes you need that. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, this week in true Aaron Rodgers fashion said, you know, it's a good thing. Team can learn from this. It's probably the best thing we, you know, Probably I the best with, thing for I, us right I agree now with the guy. Well, you yeah, can't, but if, if you can't if, win them all, yeah, but Chicago's five and one. You know, if Detroit were any good, if you know this this division is it, it's not. If Minnesota were playing like they were, but they're in not. years past, this would not. be a different situation. But sorry, Aaron Rodgers, for just getting your ass handed to you. Mm-hmm. Move on. Let's move all on. right, Franny doesn't want to talk about that one anymore. Apparently, <laughs> uh, next up, Rams at Niners. A battle of the NFC West. The Rams fall to the hapless 49ers, 24 to 16 at San Francisco. San Francisco three and three. Rams four and two. All those wins coming against the NFC East. Franny, what say you about that? Um, it was actually I was surprised. I was surprised by the way San Francisco's defense played in Jimmy this game, back? especially with all the injuries that they've had. But man, that defense looked solid in this one. Um, and, and I think we both chose the Rams to win this game, especially with the we, way I the Niners played, you know, the, the previous two weeks before that, especially losing to the Eagles, uh, and then also getting their asses handed to them by the Dolphins and the turnaround and have this type of performance. That oh, was impressive. 
I mean, this was, uh, I tend to think that the Rams uh, early on or before the season, I mean, I did predict that the Rams would be a pretty poor team in the NFC West, potentially finishing in third place behind the Cardinals and the Seahawks. And now that I think about it and I see where their wins have come from this year, and even though they were impressive, I tend to think that the Rams may be the fool's gold that I thought they were coming mm. into the season. It's looking like it. Uh, Jared Goff, you know, two touchdowns on 38 attempts, 198 yards and one t- uh, interception. Uh, but Jimmy G, 268 yards on 33 attempts, 23 of 33, three count them, three touchdowns in a game. San Francisco obviously playing shorthanded on defense, obviously also playing shorthanded on offense, but Debo Samuel back in the lineup. Raheem Mostert, I think, got hurt in the second half of this game, got banged up a little bit. Uh, but with Debo Samuel back, George Kittle healthy, this team can win some games, but probably not compete for the division. What do you think? Hey, this is the Seahawks division. And, you know, like you said, it's ben, the it, NFC Seahawks. That, exactly. I mean, the Cardinals actually might finish second. And both these teams, this was, I mean, this is this a great performance by the Niners, but man, those Cardinals, they're moving up. Ah, uh, yeah. I like me some Cardinals. <laughs> Well, only because I bet on them early in the season, and you want them. I'm not going. I'm not going to tell Sonya. I'm not going to tell Sonya that you bet on them. Well, you, I mean, uh, sometimes but you got to bet if a little. Do, if you do win some cash, you better spend on your wife. Yeah, sometimes you got to bet a little to win a lot. <laughs> Friday knows that. Uh, next up, Chiefs. I still, at... I still have the, I have, the, I have Pittsburgh winning the division. Oh, uh, I, I yeah, actually, I, have a, I have a pretty good return on that. Actually, that should be nice because everyone thought that the Ravens yeah. were going to win this one. Now, going I, away. I don't usually bet $45. I bet $45 on them winning. What were the odds on that one? I don't remember, but I better win. I, I bet on it too, but I wonder if we, I wonder if who got better odds. I, I, I don't bet, usually I spend did. that much on one bet on a team, but you it convinced looks, me. It looks good so far. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, Yannick Ngakwe probably take Ben Roethlisberger out of the game. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, next up, Kansas City Chiefs beat up on the Buffalo Bills 26-17 to 17 on a Monday afternoon affair. Uh, Buffalo goes to four and two chiefs go to five and one the Buffalo. They played pretty shitty in this game. They just did not get anything going. Two, especially two losses Josh in a row Allen. for them, right? Yeah. Two losses in a row right there. I didn't, I didn't really get to watch this game because it was so early in the day. I was at work, so I was well, not you, able you're to You're not catch. around at two o'clock on a Monday to watch a football game. Not usually <laughs> if it's the Eagles. Yes, maybe, but, uh, not this game. It's like the Masters or something. You know, you gotta you gotta play. You gotta watch the tournament Thursday through Sunday. What is what is what is the NFL becoming? Uh, but yeah, Sonia said two o'clock start. Luckily, I had to take her to a, a doctor's appointment that day, so I was able to watch. Luckily, a little bit. yeah. Well, I should say luckily. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say. Uh, I was I had to do something that in the day. afternoon, uh, so at least I was able Rewind to rewind and let's re-record that <laughs> <laughs> before she's never going to listen to this podcast. No, she's not. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 225 yards, two touchdowns in the game. Josh Allen, two touchdowns on 122 yards in the game and one interception. Uh, but Kansas City didn't play, they didn't play great either. Uh, but the Bills really look poor in the last two outings. What do you think about the, I mean, what do you think's wrong with the Bills? I'm not I mean, sure, man. I, mean, I, I was, you know, Do- Josh Allen. I was really impressed those first four games when they're four and zero, oh, but he has not played well these last few games. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Josh Allen is not the answer once again for the Bills. Well, we saw that playoff game last yeah, year. Yeah, um, but you know, like I said, I, d- I didn't watch the game. Not sure exactly what happened in this one. Two o'clock is way early, way too early on the West Coast. Yeah, Josh Allen, uh, Clyde's Edwards Hilaire with 161 yards on the turf. Uh, touchdown, two of them for Travis Kelsey, of course. Uh, Stefan Diggs with a touchdown for the Bills, uh, along with Cole Beasley, who is a really sneaky good receiver who I like a lot. 
Uh, I think I think they're going to make really good use of him. He dropped a ball in this game that was a heartbreaker mm-hmm. uh, that could have got the Bills back into this game. But, alas, it was not to be because Josh Allen threw the ball a little long. So, you know, I, I think the takeaway for me in this game is the Buffalo Bills are the Buffalo Bills. But the Kansas City Chiefs have not played as well in the last few games as we I think we would expect. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They're 5-1 ah, so right now. They're, they're good. Be, everything's going to be fine in New England. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> I didn't Kansas say anything City. about anything being fine in New England. Kansas City, that's a whole different story. Uh, next up, a game oh, for the ages yeah. here. So, Franny, you take this one away. Oh, uh, no. That, that Cowboys suck. Cardinals the 38, Cowboys. Cowboys 10. I was so happy watching this game. This game made me so happy. But I was the is, biggest Cardinals fan during this game. This was so much fun to watch. Oh, my God. This was Why was it fun? Because Dallas got their asses handed. And that's a shot. <laughs> I thought you would forget. I thought you'd forget. All right. What time well, you it? deserve this one. Come on now. All right. I was I was happy. I was happy. This was an amazing game to watch. So and Ky- Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is definitely a difference maker. Yeah, 188 yards through the air on 29 of 24. Not great numbers there, but two touchdowns in the game. Are you going to take one with me? Yeah, I'll take one where's, with where's you. Your, where's your shot glass? Uh, 10. But Kyler Murray added another 74 yards on the ground in a touchdown. Uh, Kenyon Drake, who I like a lot. Two touchdowns on 164 yards on 20 carries. Ezekiel Elliott with two count them two huge fumbles in this game given the game to the arizona cardinals here's a shot to the cowboys well for me more my i have a little bit more in my shot glass right here as it should be uh but elliot had to make you feel good to see elliot with two fumbles, fumbles in the game to start the game yeah amari cooper with a touchdown the game on back 79 yards fumbles christian kirk coming through in the clutch 86 yards and two touchdowns uh, but I, like I said, at the beginning of the season, uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't have the same modesty that Frana has. I am not afraid to tout myself. I said the Arizona Cardinals would be good. I said Kyler Murray would be good. I said Cliff Kingsbury would be good. And look at this team rolling right now. After coming off a couple bad losses, mm-hmm. they got all their shit together right oh, now. Yeah, they did. They got it together in this one. That was, that was beautiful to watch. And Mike McCarthy, another Jarrah. Especially after that disappointing loss for the Eagles in this, I mean, it's Baltimore. To just watch Dallas implode, yeah. uh, so much and on on Sunday night, of all places. I mean, that was it was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, essentially, Jerry Jones is Al Davis with no football skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, say what you will about Al Davis and his predilection for drafting players like Jamarcus Russell and whoever had the fastest forty at the combine. Uh, you know, at least Al Davis understood football. Jerry Jones, it just doesn't have any idea what he's doing over there. He's far too involved in football operations. Mike McCarthy, you know, he has a lot of things in his resume, but one of those things is not our Super Bowl ring. You know, he, I just think this team is going to be bad for a long, long time. I heard today on another podcast that Bill, when Bill Parcells left the Cowboys, he said in 10 years from today, no one is going to remember that I was even here uh, because he predicted that everything that he did to try to build a solid culture there would disappear overnight. I think something's playing. Gotta, well, I think it's actually, wait, go back to the website. See that where it's playing right there? I think that's paused that. There you go. Oh, that's there we go. We got a yeah. little bit of some feedback the, yeah. there from ESPN's box scores. Uh, but yeah, the Cowboys go down in hellacious fashion. They beat themselves as much as the Cardinals beat them. Uh, it was a pretty ugly loss, and I was happy, happy, happy to see it. Franny, what do you think about the Cowboys the rest of the way? 
I hope they're this bad. Andy Dalton, pretty I mean, bad. I, I really hope they're this bad the, the rest of the way. I mean, they're, they're, at work, there's Cowboys fans. For some reason, there's Cowboys fans. I have no idea why these people still exist. They've been bad for like a quarter of a century, and they still exist. I don't know why they're still around. And they're young. Yeah. They're not like all these, all these you know, the, the folks that I work with that are Cowboys fans, they're too young to remember the glory days of the Cowboys. There weren't, well, I, I, yeah, from the 70s and well, I mean, the early 90s. 90s, even. they were not the bad Troy Aikman. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I, I just, I just, I just love it. I love it. Yeah, but Andy Dalton, the red rifle, 34 of 54 for 266 yards, one count it, and two, one touchdown, and two huge interceptions in this game. Mike McCarthy doesn't know what he's doing. Jerry Jones doesn't know what he's doing. And until Steven Jones is running this team, and let's hope that he's not much like his father. This Cowboys team is going to struggle for a long time, mm-hmm. and they don't have a quarterback under contract for next season. All right. Sorry about the uh, the feedback on that, uh, whatever that was there, that uh, that little video that's mm-hmm. playing on the website. That's why we like the clean websites, but for some reason, the box or the actual statistics were not showing on the nice, clean website that we usually use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the last game of the week, Frane. Yeah, the first New game, week York seven. Giants. I don't have to worry about any Sunday games. <laughs> yeah, it's over. The yeah, Giants. It's, it's over. The Eagles won. This Falling one. to the Eagles. Take it away. 22 to 21. Uh, you know, it. The Eagles put themselves in a precarious situation in this one. I mean, early on in the game, they had multiple situations where they could have scored a touchdown. Um, You know, they turned the ball over, missed field goals, uh, just missed opportunities all around for the Eagles. And if you don't score, the other team will score. And, you know, with 21, that's how it works. Well, that's it, how it, it works. works that way for 31 teams. That That's <laughs> the Jets. That's not the case. For Maybe the not Jets. the Jets. Yeah. If you don't score against the Jets, they won't score anyways. Uh, but, you know, in this one, the Eagles had a chance to pull away. It could have easily been, you know, 20 to seven, maybe in the first half. You don't have to worry about the Giants. But the Eagles, for some reason, just make terrible decisions in the red zone. Once again, uh, you know, Peterson. Carson Wentz throws another Gotta love that quarterback draw from the eight yard line. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't understand some of these Let's play throw a calls fade to the quarter of the end zone to I a mean, guy defense, that's never caught an NFL pass. Yeah. The defense played great. Actually, both defenses played very well, uh, in this game. Um, but you know, I, I, I was at work during this game and I was following it. You know, I was driving home on the freeway. I was watching it when I got home. It was like, you know, the Giants scored when I was on the freeway. When I got home, the Giants scored again. And I was just disgusted. Oh, wait. Got to press pause right there. We scroll down right there, Ben. There you go. Press pause right there. What right. is with this website? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it's uh, it was it was really disappointing. And I, I basically turned off the game because like, fuck it. We're going to lose this game again or, you know, lose again. And, uh, you know. They, I was following it still on ESPN. I'm like, oh, oh, they're making a little bit of a comeback. They're making a little bit of a comeback. So, you know, I, I ran back to the TV, started watching again. It was it was, it was, was a great two drives from Carson Wentz, especially that last catch uh, in the back of the end zone or the side of the end zone right there where, um, you know, Boston Scott came down with a little 5-6 guy. Uh, you know, it was a Beautiful. perfect throw. That was a, it was, that it was, was a really was a nice great, catch. It was a great grab. I mean, the throw was also very nice, but the grab was even, even more impressive. Um, but you know, in the red zone, I don't understand why, you know, you have Jalen hurts and you don't use him for RPOs. I have no idea. I mean, the guy is, he was in for one. He's very shifty. He's very shifty. He can change direction very easily. Or he's in for the two point conversion, right? Uh, he might've been in for the two point conversion, but you know, there was other plays in that game. You know, I, I didn't watch the entire game, but then I watched, you know, Later on, after the game was already done, I watched the first and second and, and part of the third quarter, what I missed. And, uh, you know, there, there are times where you got to throw in Jalen Hurts, kind of like what the Saints do with Taysom Hill. You know, this guy, he's a baller. Let, let him let him do something out there. But they were running the ball well, especially in that last yeah. drive. Yeah. I mean, I know they had the holding penalty. 
or sorry, on the face mask penalty uh, on that last drive that set them, you know, they were almost at the goal line, set them back 15 yards. And, but on the initial series there, I, w- I just didn't understand why they just started chucking the ball. They still had two timeouts, why they didn't just try to run the ball in there. But Peterson, the, the play calling on that, even though they scored mm-hmm. and won the game, and we don't want to take anything away from that because that was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, you know, to throw a fade to the left corner of the end zone to a guy that's never caught an NFL pass, then with that weird play, I can't remember the play that was, I think they ran the ball on second down. Uh, and they actually got lucky. Carson Wentz and Boston Scott won that game, not Doug Peterson, because mm-hmm. that had to be a perfect throw, and it had to be a perfect catch by a running back that you don't expect to really make that. He had to turn over his left shoulder or his, yeah, no, this, this, yeah, turn this over was, his right shoulder and make that pass and yeah, make that catch. This was definitely Carson Wentz's best game this year so far. Um, you know, this is his first game over 300 yards. Still threw an interception. It was a stupid interception. He, he had uh, an earlier potential interception where he threw across the field, which is something that you should know your fifth year into the, I mean, in the NFL, you shouldn't throw across your body, across the field. You know, Fulgham basically became a defender on that play and knocked the ball away. Otherwise, that would have been another interception for Carson Wentz. But, you know, you should, I mean, he just needs to learn that you you just you can't do too much. I mean, you, you yeah, just have to play within your means. But he's he's doing as much as he. I mean, I know, that, that offensive with, line was. You have to play just, within your means and just do what you can to win the game. But don't put the ball in jeopardy like he does every single game. Yeah, either an interception and a fumble, or two interceptions or two fumbles. It's, it's he has the most fumbles. It's he has like the most almost two every he has game. The most hits. He has the most sacks. I mean, it's 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 everything that you don't want to be the best at, and and he keeps on doing it. Yeah, but he had a good game. I mean, 25 no, of 43, 359 yards to count them. Two touchdowns in the game. Daniel Jones, 20 of 30 for 187 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception in the game. But it felt good. One huge 74-yard run that ended in memes for <laughs> from now until the end of, his career. of eternity. That's the butt fumble for him. Oh, my God. 74 yards, falls on his own accord, just stumbles to the ground short of the end zone. Uh, Franny showed me a couple of memes before we started the podcast today that were awesome. Yep. Uh, but, you know, congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. They are in first place. They hold on to beat the, the Giants. Look good, but they're a bad team. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles look bad, but they're a good team. Hopefully. And they were able to to, to get this win shorthanded as shorthanded comes. And mm-hmm. congratulations to you guys. First place. Yes, exactly. All right, Franny, that's it for the week six games. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our week seven picks. All right, folks, hold tight. We'll be right back with our week seven picks. All right, and we are back. With our week seven picks. Yeah, we'll try to get through this somewhat quickly. Yep. First up, Lions at Falcons. You know, this is a tough one, Hex. This is a tough one because the Falcons played so well this past weekend. You know, Dan Quinn is not there anymore. But then the Lions also played pretty well, too. I yeah. mean, this, is, this is a tough one. This is a toss-up. This is a 50-50. I don't know. I have to have a quarter in my pocket to slip it up in the air. Heads. Lions. Tails. Falcons. I'll just pretend I'm flipping something up in the air. They're playing in Atlanta. I'll, I'll choose Atlanta. Yeah, me too. I'm going with the home team in this one only because they're playing at home in Atlanta. I'm going to go with Atlanta. 
Uh, next up, Battle of the AFC yeah. North losers. Browns <laughs> at Bengals. I don't know. I think you deserve a shot for that. Oh, you, that's you probably right. You, yeah, you, you, that's fair. I yeah, think, yeah, I yeah. Think that warrants a shot. I, you know, I, I didn't really say too much, too many negative things about the Cowboys, but you I did had say something about the Giants. So I let that one slide. So <laughs> I think you should probably. Uh, yeah, but I, they deserve it. They deserve it. Well, the Browns deserve it. The Bengals deserve it. All right here. Where's your shot glass? Where's your shot glass? Oh, here we go. All right. You know we're gonna be doing this again tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. There are worse things during COVID, there are. during COVID times. There are. All right, these are little shots, by the right, way, folks. These are not like these are not like full on. Smaller now, mine's smaller than yeah, yours. This is not like so. a full on Irish pub shot from the East yeah, Coast. Yeah. These are you know these are West Coast shots. <laughs> hey, old Frankie, <laughs> yo, get this guy a shot over here. <laughs> yes. What's the dirtiest stuff you got? Where's Joey Acaparo? <laughs> Let's do this. Here we go. Tell him I fucked his mother. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> I don't know, is that is that what they say on these coasts? I don't know. Yeah, we probably do. Yeah, that's probably. true. I mean, that sounds like something somebody would say, but then they laugh it off like it's nothing. Yeah, you know, it, on the West Coast, it's a whole different story. Yeah, West Coast, but uh, then just, like you know, you laugh about it on these coasts. Like, yeah, just uh, for just for the record, I mean, yeah, if you ever if you're moving from the East Coast to the West Coast, uh, first thing <laughs> to learn is that people's feelings are a little bit more sensitive out here. Uh, I get in trouble for this on a routine basis because people just can't take a joke out here. Uh, and so you have to get to know people before you start insulting them. Uh, but you know, on the East coast, we like to insult each other <laughs> and we also like to be insulted. We don't get hurt when we're That's insulted. Funny. It's funny because I actually, I mean, I was working with a guy today. He's, uh, he's just, he's, he's an older dude, but he's from Brooklyn. And like, you know, he, he gave me like a disclaimer before he said something to me. He's like, this is how we do it on the East Coast. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. want you to get upset of what, with what I'm about to say. And then he said what he needed to say. I wasn't upset because I have a different mindset. But it's funny that there's a disclaimer yeah. that you're from the East Coast before you say something to somebody on the West Coast. Because it's, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, Franny has a friend who's also my friend now. Uh, actually, I think he might be your cousin. Uh, you guys are related, right? Who's that? Uh, down in uh, San Pedro. <laughs> oh, she may. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, your cousins, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, Croatian, everyone's everyone's everybody's, a cousin. Everybody's so I, related. It's hard to remember which ones are actual cousins and which ones. Uh, but he's, you know, he's one of the few people that I've met on the West Coast who could take a joke and give a joke. Uh, take well, an I insult. I think I'm pretty and, good at that. Yeah, too. Friday too. Friday, of course. I don't, I don't take it personally. Well, this whole podcast is yeah. is is proof of that. Uh, uh, but there are very very few people on the West Coast that can take an insult and give an insult without getting their feelings hurt. So it's 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 a you have to navigate it carefully yeah yeah uh, even it's true. even, it's true. even it's professionally true. you know you, you you if you get too aggressive in a business meeting you know sometimes people get their feelings hurt or they they, they i'm just busting your balls yeah exactly and it's fun <laughs> like it's fun to find people's weaknesses and attack them <laughs> yeah, yeah and let them attack your weakness yeah, let them cry in the shower fuck it. yeah exactly you <laughs> cry when you go home uh but it, you know but it's fun to get attacked because you, you know if you're secure and you know your own weaknesses and your own shortcomings it's fun yeah, especially when you have a whole list of them yeah, my list is long, probably yeah, yeah. longer than Franny's. Uh, it's 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 the volumes long. Yeah, it's vol- <laughs> See exactly, and I can take it, and I can take it. Uh, all right, my feelings are hurt now. I've been on the West Coast for twenty years. I was talking about myself. <laughs> oh, volumes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Browns at Bengals, Franny. Oh, uh, Browns in this one. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals. All right. I think Kevin Stefanski and a banged up Baker Mayfield are not going to get over the hump in this one. Oh. Steelers at Titans, the battle of the undefeated. Franny, what say uh, you? I don't know, Ben. I'm going to stay out of this one. This is going to be a tough game. This is the well, toughest you know who game. I'm going to pick. I know you pick the Steelers. Yeah, I'll so pick the Steelers too. Are you really? Do you really think the Steelers are going to win? 
they're number one on CBS's ranking, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, I mean, number you, one against number five. But do you think, I mean, in your heart of hearts, who do you think is going to win this game? This is going to be a really tough one. Because I know this how much you love really, Derrick Henry, and I know how much you I love Ryan I Tannehill. Wouldn't, I wouldn't put any money on this game. Yeah, Tannehill is taking, uh, um, uh, what's his face, Cousins' uh, place on on the Mount Rushmore of mediocre quarterbacks. Get Although, out the dynamite yeah. <laughs> and the chisel. Although Ryan Tannehill is a little better now than a mediocre. Um, but I don't know, the game manager, Roethlisberger, Versus yes. Tannehill. <laughs> Who said that? Around the NFL. Around the NFL. A game manager and still have a job. I have well, no idea. Yes, if, you, if you're in the fifth, if you're if you're a Mensa, <laughs> a Mensa member and you're in the top 10 percentile of the SAT, you probably listen to the Around the <laughs> NFL podcast. But if you have a personality, hey, you probably don't. Hey, you, you that don't, don't say that. Right. You just heard a lot of people's feelings <laughs> on, the West, on the West Coast. That's true. All Luckily, right. it's in a you know I'm not a Mensa member yeah. by any stretch. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm going to choose the Steelers fan. It's a it's it's biased because you're a Steelers fan, and I am also a Steelers fan. I I, I you know I I also enjoy watching the Steelers play. I'm going to have to choose the Steelers in this one. Yeah, me too. It's going to be close though. It's going to be close, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers lose this game. But I'm going to pick the Steelers. Uh, next up, Panthers at Saints, a battle of the NFC South. I'm going to say the Saints. Do I pick the Do I pick the Panthers again, and do I get punished again yeah, for picking the Panthers? That's why I'm not picking them. Uh, because they're playing in New Orleans, I'm gonna take the Saints in this game, but it's gonna be close. This is gonna be close, but the defense for New Orleans is gonna be too much, I think, for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, oh my God, is this a game that's happening? Uh, the Bills at the Jets. <laughs> it's a game. The Bills and have to happening. travel 365 miles east. Yeah. Um. I'm sure you know the directions and everything, right, Ben? Yeah, you got to take the 90 to the 87. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you are. That's it. That's, I thought there was more. I thought there were more directions Well, you there. take the 90 to the 87, and you got to go into Jersey, so I'm not sure exactly which route they'll take to get into Jersey. Oh, okay. There. Uh, uh, Bills. Yeah, I would, uh, yeah, the Bills, yeah. for sure. I mean, the Jets are going to go 0-16. Uh, ooh, Cowboys at football team. Yeah, um, I'm going to choose the Cowboys in this one. No, I mean, the football team is just, they're not that great. They're just not good. But football teams are good. I mean, that's what <laughs> we're here to team. We're here to talk <laughs> about this, football teams. Not after this all. particular football team. Uh, keep the name. It'll be just fun just to keep the name. Uh, Cowboys at Washington. I'm going to take, take the team formerly known as the Washington football team. There, there's Presently the, known as present. the Washington football um, team. Why? I, I just think that, that there's why? nothing, there's nothing, there's literally nothing to like about the Cowboys. They're poorly coached. Their defense is terrible. Washington's Their quarterback is also terrible. Very similar. That's true, but at least they have a better coach. They've got probably it's probably, you know, 50-50 on which, you know, Kyle Allen versus an older uh Andy Dalton. I'm not sure which of those two quarterbacks is better. Uh the offensive line for the Cowboys, as you pointed out before the podcast, is beat up. You know the offensive line for Washington's not great, but I I just feel like Washington has got more going for it mm-hmm. uh, in terms of coaching and personnel than than the Cowboys do. Right. Okay. Uh, Packers. At, he's like, you're crazy. You know, Cowboys are going to win this game easy. Uh, next up, Packer. Ooh, Packers at Texans. Yeah, that, that's, that's not a bad game. That's a tough one. That's I mean I know the Texans be. are one in Whoa, five. The Texans are one in five. The Texans are one in five, but they're better than one in five. Did I just but say that? Playing- they're playing. <laughs> and you were like, what do you mean the Texans are good? They're one of five. I, when I say that, I'm going to, we, well, we'll, we'll, well, in post, yeah, I'm going to okay, play that yeah, for you. You don't have to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to choose the Packers. Aaron uh, Rodgers. Shocker. Aaron Rodgers. Least surprising thing ever. Aaron Rodgers is not going to lose two games in a row. No, because that's never happened before. No. Uh, well, pa- if he loses two games in a row, there will be someone to blame. And it won't be Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> 
Uh, let's. I'm going to take the Texans in this game. All right. I think the Texans at home, Romeo Cornell, defense playing a little bit better. J.J. Watt on the trade block, potentially. Uh, I, like the te- I like the Texans in this game. Mm, all right. And, that, and that's a stretch. I will admit that that's a stretch. This is a tough one. Buccaneers tough one. at Raiders. Yeah. In the new black hole in Vegas. <laughs> that's a tough game to call. Who do you got in this one? Oh, man. Oh, oh. This is a tough one, but... It shouldn't be though. Going into the season, we wouldn't have thought it would be a tough. I call. know, I know, but uh, Bucks because Antonio Brown's not playing yet. Uh given the fact that the Buccaneers have been a little bit uh, schizophrenic on offense, I'm going to take the Raiders. I think this is the game when the Raiders either make a stand and say we are for real and we're going to compete this year or we're not. Uh, next up, Chiefs at Broncos. He's, well, go ahead. Oh, why, why you ask me first? Uh, I'm going to take oh, the Chiefs. Okay. Chiefs, uh, Chiefs. Uh, yeah. yeah, Chiefs. Easy. Uh, 49ers at Patriots. That's a tough. Nice nice games on the slate this week. Chargers. You get the 49ers, uh, Panthers, you're going to take the Chargers? Wait, oh, oh I thought we were 49ers, oh, no, Patriots? I, I, actually, I actually wrote it down. I'm actually writing down. <laughs> I'm actually writing down my uh, my Fantastic Five right here. Well, given the COVID times, uh, it, it, it's, it's conceivable I'm, 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 I'm that the 49ers, Patriots, and Chargers are playing. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to choose the Niners in this one. I'm, I'm really looking ahead. <laughs> in one game. It's like, well, we need to have three. We're going to have we're going to have triple games. You know, so when the combination of the Chargers players with the 49ers players. Yeah, that's that's what they were talking about. Uh, whoever comes out of the NFC East as a champion, they should just put an all-star team of all the players in the NFC East to play in the playoffs. And it's going to be the Steagles. Yeah. It's going to be the whatever the whatever the conglomeration of the <laughs> NFC East team names would be. I'm going to take the Pats in this one. The E-Boys. Yeah, I think the Pats are going to win that one. The Pats are not going to win lose two games in a row this year. Uh, well, not lose two games in a row to a team like this. Uh, next up, Jags at Chargers. I think you're taking the Chargers. I would choose the Chargers. Is this, is this, this is going in your parlay, isn't it? No, it's not. It's actually not. Actually, I'm going to have you scroll up a little bit so I can uh, make my decision on some of these other games. Uh, next up. Ooh, this is a nice game. Seahawks at the Cardinals. Mm. Cardinals looking to make a statement in the NFC West to say we are here and we are a team to be reckoned with. It'd be a huge win for them. It'd be a huge win. Yeah. Five and Franchise one. Franchise changing five and one. Win. Five and two. Um but I still see the Seahawks winning a close one as they always do in this one. All right. Lights. Uh, what are, how does it, what do this, what do the script say? You know, uh, <laughs> you know, fade in yeah. football field, <laughs> Russell, you know, Russell Wilson opens star fade, you know, uh, this is a scripted game. Seahawks are going to be down by seven going into the fourth quarter. You know, with five minutes to go, they're going to be down by six. Uh, I'll take the Seahawks. I, I can't not take the Seahawks in this game. Uh, next up, Monday night. Well, at least as we sit here today, it's Monday night. God knows how many games they'll be during the week next week. Bears versus Rams. This is a make it or break it game for the Rams, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think they're uh, I think they're going to win this one. Oh, you think the Rams are going to yeah, beat Nick Foles? They're Big playing Dick. Nick? I know, but they're playing in the beautiful new stadium. Uh, does the stadium have a different quarterback powers? All right. It has a different quarterback. It has, you know, an offensive scheme that makes sense in today's NFL. Rams. Uh, I'm going to take the bears. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to take the bears. All right. That's fine. All right. That is it for our week. Seven picks. Friday. 
What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our tag team news, our Thurston Goal news. Your Steelers, my Eagles, sign the Seahawks. All right. You want to go through this really quick or you want to take a break? Let's go through it real quick. All right. First up, you want to take the Eagles first? Yeah. We'll go last to first. All right. Uh, Eagles. The Eagles have had a slow start and have been ravaged by injuries to certain position groups, but remain very much alive in a brutal NFC East and aggressively approaching the trading deadline. Jason Lockenfora of CBS Sports reports. This, according to the league, General Manager Howie Roseman is among the more proactive executives in the league, and he has already sent signals to multiple teams that he is interested in acquiring some sort of their talent if they are open to it. Philadelphia's roster has been shuffling constantly with the offensive line and receiver groups decimated by repeated injuries and setbacks. The team's linebackers have been under heavy criticism in recent weeks, as and rightfully so, uh, for repeated coverage breakdowns, and the Eagles could stand to improve both sides of the ball outside of their defensive line, which has been dominant. Howie is on the prowl already. One rival general manager said he's looking for action. If there is a trade to be made, he'll do it. Bringing in a free agent from the outside is tougher now and more risky with COVID, and he loves to make trades anyway. I'll bet you anything he gets something done before the deadline. We have a helicopter flying over. As we mentioned earlier, we record this podcast on purpose. It's not that we don't have an indoor location to record (laughs) this podcast, but we record this podcast outside on purpose because that is where football should be played, and that is where football podcasts should be recorded. Mm -hmm. But all signs point to the Eagles and Howie Roseman being really, really active at the upcoming trading deadline. What do you think they should do? Well, they definitely need linebackers. You know, I mean, our linebacking core is it's pretty sorry, actually. And uh, I'm not sure who they can trade, who they can get. I I don't think any moves are going to be made by the Eagles. Really? You don't have T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree? I don't don't think it's going to happen. Uh, really? No. I think I think it is. I don't think so. I think they're going to trade away draft picks. Ooh. I think they're going to trade away draft. Look at this well, team. I, I mean, they might as well. They're I mean, in the playoff hunt. All they got to do is picks. win five games. Yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true, too. That's true, too. We'll see what happens. But you win five games and you're in the playoffs. <laughs> I would love it if the Eagles won five games and made uh, the playoffs. You'd be in the playoffs already, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't that be awesome if a team won six games? <laughs> I would love to watch and it. And made the playoffs and, and got to the Super Bowl? And make a deep run into the playoffs. That would be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I think Howie Roseman is going to make a move. He's going to move for linebackers. He's potentially going to move for wide receivers uh, because you guys are, I mean, I don't know if Jeffrey's ever coming back. I don't yeah. know if Watt, I don't know if Jackson's ever going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think you need help at the offensive line position as well. Uh, and I think there's going to be some moves to be well, made for see. Roseman. We'll see. And I think it's worthwhile in that division. They're just, that division is begging for someone to mm-hmm. take it. Just mm-hmm. please. It was last year too. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a bad penny. Like somebody, <laughs> somebody take this division, please. Uh, next up, the Seattle Seahawks. It's no secret that the Seattle Seahawks defense has been suboptimal to start the season, prompting many to wonder if the team could pull off a deal by the November 3rd trade deadline. Several outlets have suggested that the Seahawks could make a run at Washington pass rusher Ryan Kerrigan, who has fallen out of favor with the current coaching staff in the, in the football team city. The four-time Pro Bowl defensive end player, just 15% of the veterans are uh, played just 15% of the team snaps in week six and 31% in the previous week. Washington could look to get something in return for the pass rusher as Kerrigan is in the final year of his contract. $10.5 million salary is not a bargain, but it's reasonable for a contender like the Seahawks looking to bolster their pass rush. I think they are, in fact, going to pull this trade off. The Seahawks have no qualms about trading away draft picks because they think that they can, you know, get those higher round draft picks 
and develop players and make trades to to make their team better. And I think this would be a nice pickup for them. And if anybody can get Kerrigan under control, it is Pete Carroll. What I do you think, think? No, I think so. I think that's a good move, man. I'm just trying to get through this real quick because it's All right. an hour and 45 minutes in. This is Franny telling me to shut up. Nope, not not telling you that. But just... Well, close. <laughs> uh, next up, Steelers. Steelers inside linebacker Devin Bush suffered and torn ACL in the second quarter of Sunday's 38-7 to win against the Cleveland Browns and will need season-ending surgery. I won't read the rest of that. Uh, uh, what do you think, Ben? That's your team. We lost Devin Bush. He is. He wears the green dot on the helmet. He is the play caller on our defense. He hasn't been as good as the other Devin, Devin White down in Tampa Bay, but he is an integral part of our defense. Really, really smart player. Uh, really gets the defensive players in position, helps them understand the plays. It, it's a tough loss. I mean, I think obviously with, with Tuit and Hayward and Dupree and Watt and uh, still pretty good defense. I can't even remember our nose tackles name right now, but he's been playing really, really well as well. And we didn't expect him to, I think we have enough on defense to 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 go the distance, but it certainly hurts to lose your second yeah, year does. first mm-hmm. round draft pick in Devin Bush, and now we have to have someone else out there calling the plays. Yeah, it sucks to have an injury. Yeah, and injury. <laughs> Try this, having... is, this is our play. This is our the guy that relays the plays to the defense. Yeah, I mean it must suck to have one injury. I know. On I, I, and when I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, the Eagles." I mean, if they, <laughs> this is like a this is like every week for them. Yeah, but find yes. somebody on the practice squad. But Good it hurts. Luck. It hurts. It hurts. Well, we're looking to make a Super Bowl run here. Yeah, so you guys won one in 2017. You know, share share the wealth. Yeah, we have so many <laughs> give some, rings. Give some to the rest of us. Uh, but that's it for the tag team news this week. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our shot of the week. All right, folks, hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our shot of the week. All right, and we are back with our shot of the week. And, and Ben's dance moves. And Ben's dance moves as well. And nobody can see that, but I can. Ben, you've definitely got the moves. <laughs> I do <And> not. <laughs> no, you do not. That's, that, is, that, is, that is for sure true. And uh, tonight's shot of the week is in honor of Halloween. It is next Saturday, Ben. I can't believe it's already that time of year. October 31st is just one week it away. It just blows me away how much time is going by. I know, seriously. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's this time of year. Because of the way the season has we're gone, gonna be out the, the year has gone. We're going to be out in the rain doing yeah. the doing the Super Bowl before you know it. <laughs> exactly, and uh, so it's in honor of Halloween. It's supposed to resemble the shot of the night. It's supposed to resemble candy corn. It has all the colors there: the sort of uh, yellow, orange, and uh, and white. And candy corn is not a really good candy in like general. It. Nobody likes again nobody East likes, Coast. We like it. Nobody likes candy corn. No matter what you say, Ben. East Coast. No, may, maybe. Maybe if you're a certain age group, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if you're near 50, you like candy corn. Yeah. Because we else. didn't have all the candies that they have now when I was a kid. You, you it don't. It was candy corn. Not. And that was it. That's it. <laughs> you like the, you, you eat your candy corn, you like it. Yeah. <laughs> no chocolate for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Here's a, here's a popcorn <laughs> Only ball. Only hard sugar. Popcorn balls. You didn't <laughs> yeah. have those on the West Coast, I bet. I know what they are. Yeah, we used to I get. I used to get like three or four of those a year <laughs> when I was a kid in my Halloween bag. What the fuck that is? Man. It's like a. It's like a, literally like a ball of caramel popcorn, like compressed into like a baseball size. That sounds pretty good. It is, I, but I it's, it's a little pain in the ass to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have a full size Snickers. Thanks. Lost a few teeth doing that. Yeah, watch him call it. 
Mr. Goodbar? You had some Mr. Goodbars. Oh, yeah, Mr. Goodbar was a thing back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Heath Bars, which I wasn't a big fan of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The U.S. isn't known for their candies. No, that's true. (laughs) And so uh, tonight's shot band is concocted with some Galliano uh, Italian liqueur, some herbal liqueur to give it that yellowish color. And I was actually surprised that it's actually 42% alcohol, that Galliano. Yeah, it's actually quite up. It's up there. In alcohol content. Yeah, when you brought the bottle, I was like, what is that? Yeah, I've never I, seen I, that I've before. I've never seen it before, but that's what the recipe called for. And, is it Italian? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, interesting. I just, I just mentioned it was... Oh, at, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> all right, all right. You just got quiet <laughs> I just got, all of a sudden. Like, I'm an idiot. All right, I'm <laughs> trying to think of something <laughs> funny to say Galliano, right there. is that Italian? I was like, is, is that Italian? Because <laughs> I live from the, I'm from the East Coast and I never heard of it. No, but it comes in a... It was, it's a nice fancy bottle. It's like this long, elongated bottle. It's, it's kind of fancy. And, and also some orange liqueur, a little bit Ooh. of that darker orange. And then on top, it was supposed to be cream, but the cream kept, kept on sinking to the bottom of... Really? The shot, it should actually sit on top. That's what I thought. It, it should sit on top, but it kept on sinking to the bottom. So before I got this shot right, I actually take, I had to take a few shots because I hate wasting alcohol. And so I was already sort of, you know, buzzed. But he said fuck the Cowboys the, every time. I, exactly. So just so you know. So not only did I take those shots, I took these shots as well to empty out the, the shot glasses so I can get it together. And so since the cream didn't sit on top of the other ingredients, I just added some whipped cream. All right. So whatever. Whip cream, we got whipped whip cream, cream on top. It's white What's this in little color. thing here on the side of the glass? Uh, that Sonia actually cut out some little um, candy corn, uh, little, I don't know, graphics for us. Interesting. Yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, huh? and find the picture of this on Instagram at Thirstan and on Twitter at GoldThirst. That's right. Let's give it a shot, Ben. All right, let's, let's, let's try it. these things. I'm sure it's going to be a little clumpy. They've been in the fridge. Oh, that whipped cream. Probably like, stop talking. Let's do it. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> talk all you want, Ben. Talk all you want. <laughs> Just talk all you want. Just get through this. <laughs> Here we go. Ah, cool. I. You want my honest opinion? That's, that's not that good. Uh, why does that taste like licorice? It's a Galliano. It's a herbal liqueur. I actually expected it to be it a little bit sweeter. Cold sambuca that's been watered down, but then. Yeah. Some pepper's been sprinkled in it. Yeah, but it's good for your stomach. It's a good digestive. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. That was uh, interesting. <sighs> not good. Not good. That well, I never want to say good. that one of Friday's shots is not good. No, you've said it before. Have I? Yeah, they're not all good, Ben. Did you make this one up or did you, did you look this one I, up? I looked this one up. But okay. we had See, that, if you make it yourself. We had that, um, that uh, red hot Cheetos um, tequila. Uh, it, infused tequila. Remember that one was pretty disgusting. Oh yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. The flaming hot Cheetos, not the red hot. Yeah, flaming hot and then there was one that was like iced tea colored. That was a little yeah. Interesting. Just, they're not all good. They're not all good, but they're worth a try. Um, where would you rate this one on Ooh. our Thirst and Goal shots rating scale? Ooh, uh, oh, you feel that warmness in the stomach? In I, do, like I do. I do. I don't know if that's the chicken and asparagus I had earlier <laughs> mixing with this shot. Um, this one because it. It, it it I could see drinking more than one of these and getting used to it, but the first one was a little rough. That's not um, that good. It's not that good. I'd say six see, out say, of ten. Mm, that's that's very generous, Ben. Well, it's better than a. It's better than rum. <laughs> Anything with rum. <laughs> it's better than like rum and and vodka papar, absolute papar, and and like some melon liqueur in there. Ah, uh, yeah, I would say this is uh, four for me. It's a four. Ooh, okay. Like you said, it could get better. Maybe the second one would be a lot better than this, but I'm done with this first one. 
All right. Yeah. And where'd you, what did you, uh, where'd you find this one? I just Googled it. I just, you know, I just Googled Halloween shots and there was quite a few of them on there. And this, so this is not from Tipsy Bartender. It's from, I don't know, probably from Pinterest or something. All right. Uh, but Friday, just so you all know out there, new listeners to the podcast, Friday does this shot and he concocts the shot every single week. He goes and gets the ingredients. He mis- painstakingly stands at the counter with all I of did. these glasses I and did. mixing implements. I want to make sure that it and layers he, correctly. Yeah. And he makes sure he gets these every single week and he gets them right every single week. We take pictures of these. These are his unique concoctions that he puts together and we want to all show the appreciation for him doing this every single week because it's not easy uh, and a lot of these he puts together from his own just sort of uh, last Jekyll and Hyde last and Frankenstein for you Ben that last the one last week was for you yeah and I, and and I if, like if you go six and oh we're gonna have to come up with a six and oh shot yeah we actually every actually as the Steelers continue through the season yep. it should be a shot for me every week that we win until they lose and, and then, then when the I lose, lose I get a rum the, shot the, the, <laughs> That's <laughs> that's what we should do. So every week it's gonna be tahini and something spicy for you, Ben. And cheap until te- they lose, and like a cheap rum and something else the following week. It'll be like some nasty tequila. Yeah, but with I have rum. to drink it too, though. Uh, yeah, but you yeah. Don't, you don't mind the rum though. I don't mind as much as you. Yeah, I'm just I'm just East Coast. I drank too much rum. Uh, all right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our beverage. Ooh, of this the is exciting. Week. This is exciting, and it comes in a very Beautiful bottle. Actually, Highland Park bottles it's are a all bottle. shaped this sort of same way where it's thicker on the bottom and 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 sort of, you know, swoops in on the edges. And then, I don't know, I can't really explain it, but it's, it's I mean, they have a really nice design. And this one especially it's a great is bottle. A very nice. It's all black. You know, it has some, uh, some silver graphics on there. It's a nice bottle. It's the Highland Park Magnus. Yeah, I almost feel like this should have Sean Connery's head <laughs> on the label. You know, it's a, it's a really interesting bottle. You know, I yeah, just it kind this, of tapers this, in. It's thick on the bottom, tapers in, but it's like, yeah, it's no, not no. it's not rounded. It's yeah. oval. It's 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 very nice. But the, the the graphics on the bottle, I feel like Sean Connery should just be yelling at me, telling me, "You drink this." <laughs> no, <laughs> that's do a Scottish. Well, I don't know. I just feel like Sean Connery Korean? should be telling me is to drink this. Korean, you, you need to drink this. That's <laughs> not It's not even close. I'm not sure what that is. It's not. Yeah, and, and people that listen to the podcast will know I cannot do accents. No. Uh, people on the East Coast, we only do, you know, I think we do Italian accents and that's about it. Uh, oh, you can't even do that. So this is this is the the Highland Park Magnus. Yeah, it's the Highland Park Magnus. <laughs> there you go. Uh, they have, it's Viking Souls Orkney hey. Hearts. Yeah. Uh, they are fiercely proud of their Viking heritage, their storm-beaten islands, and how the two unite to create something truly, is this what King truly Edward for? unique. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is why we watch The Last Kingdom. Uh, and this is the Magnus. This is the Although Magnus single The Scots single were mul- not tied in with that, but whatever. <laughs> is that what, oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. That's true. Well, well, you remember that famed civil war between the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I said on like 50 the podcasts Irish, ago, the, the Irish uh, Scottish uh, civil war. Civil war. Yeah. That was, that was, I mean, you don't find in too many history books. <laughs> I was a more eclectic history major. You know, I learned about the middle East. I learned about South America, Central America. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't learn about, I just assumed that the UK you was of, just, a, of, you, you made up your own history as, a, as I, I as, made it up. You, you imagined know. it. Uh, I'm gonna write a I'm gonna write a short story and uh, make that a mini series. Uh, this is the Highland Park Magnus Single Malt Scotch. Their founder Magnus Unsen was a direct descendant of the Vikings who settled Orkney long ago. 
Ever since, they've stayed true to this bold and uncompromising approach to whiskey making and his stoic belief that nothing worthwhile comes easy. And in honor of their founder, they created this whiskey. Magnus has been predominantly matured in seasoned sherry American. See, they're always throwing the American oak cast. They can't get away from it. The Spanish sherry used to season their American oak cask is released at some of the finest quality sherry or distilled further into exceptional brandies, which means the flavors imported during the whiskey maturation process are bold, fruity, and intense. The resulting profile is a complex balance of lemon, vanilla, sponge cake, caramelized pineapple, overlaid with distinctive heather-rich aromatic peat smoke, a truly distinctive whiskey, and it's only available in North America. You Scots cannot buy this. Uh, naturally cask-driven color. It's light golden and clear and bright. The flavors are lemon, vanilla sponge cake, caramelized pineapple, aromatic peat smoke, and sweet violets. Uh, Franny, what's the proof on this? Do we know what the proof is on this? Uh, let's take a look here. And it looks like it is 80 proof. All right, so it's a little bit lower, so it's about 40%. Oh, that's, that's normal for a scotch. Oh, yeah, it's right here on the webpage. I don't know why I asked you to do that. <laughs> uh, it's around, it says forty two ninety five. I think you got it for a little bit less at Total Wine. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was about $34, 30, 30, 34, 35 bucks. See, this is, the, uh, this is the price. That is why I love Total Wine. Total Wine is the best place to go. Mm. Yes, Total Wine. Putting other liquor stores out of business since 1999. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they got the best prices. You know, sorry about mom and pop shops out there, but... I mean, they, they do a really good job. I mean, and, and they're, yeah, that's true. That's their true. customer service is top notch. I mean, yeah, like the people the, in the, the store. They got the bow tie and the white I mean, shirt. Everybody, like you walk in there and like you walk by like three or four people that ask you if they can help you with anything. That doesn't happen anywhere anymore. You walk through any store. No, Walmart, I'm just trying to get out there where they get in a fist fight. Yeah, exactly. Nobody gives a shit what you're there for. But at Total Wine, they treat you with respect. Yeah, that's true. That's like dignity. a treat for uh, for me inside. Well, for me anyway. Sometimes I'll ask Sonia if she needs something on a Target, like on a Friday night. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Excuse me, because it's just it's it, it's entertaining to go to a Target at ten o'clock at night on a Friday. I wouldn't do that. Exactly. I'd be scared. But when you get in there, it's just like this is a really entertaining <laughs> atmosphere. It's like the the staff could give a shit what's happening. There's people just riding on cars and and arguing in the aisles, mm-hmm. and people are dressed as if they literally just woke up in the morning and just walked into Target. Uh, but yeah, so Total Wine, uh, that but also Total Wine was where that gentleman with the great customer service recommended that Whistle Pig rye well, that I got I mean- you. Not that it's here. It's, take it's, this most expensive ride we have. <laughs> That's your fault. Uh, but, <laughs> he, but he recommended it. No, but but um, it's not bad. It's not a bad rye. It's 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 a highly priced <laughs> rye. But uh, you know, I mean, there there are other ryes that you can get for maybe a lower price that match that same sort of flavor profile. Um, but you know, tech, I mean. They, they they do have very good oh, customers. Sure. And what do they very call it? They call it a store pick or uh Yeah, I mean it's it's funny because they, they have pictures of you know store employees next to certain, you know, uh drinks there, beverages, um, that you know, that's their favorite pick of whatever the week or whatever. I mean it's 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 like a large warehouse, but you know, it, it, it doesn't feel like it. You know, it, it, it seems like more yeah. like a, it, it's it's more like a mom and pop, but it's just a lot larger. Everybody's so friendly. Everyone's willing to help you. You know, Total Wine is pretty awesome. If you have a Total Wine near you, go Total Wine. They have the best prices. And uh, and they have, I mean, they have a, a huge selection of everything. Yeah, it's like a video store from the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Bob's Picks. 
Ben's <laughs> picks. Ooh, I really like what Ben likes. I'm going to get those picks. I've tried a few. Yeah, that's true. These that's are true. good. Uh, Franny, what do you think about the, uh, you want to give it a taste? You want to give it a review? Yeah, let's, let's give it a shot, Ben. What do you think about the colors? Cheers to you, Ben. The color there is a beautiful light golden brown. Glasses. Oh, yeah. It's got a nice scotch color. No, it's, it's a nice light. Mm, it's a very light golden color. I mean, it feels. Does it have legs, Ben? Does it have legs? Well, I like a scotch. I like a, a bourbon, a scotch that's got some legs on a glass. Got a little bit of a, a more soft, maybe just a little meaty mouthfeel. Maybe just a little bit on there. Very little. But, ooh, the nose, the nose is beautiful. Yeah, it is actually. It's very. It's sweet. You know, stone fruit. Yeah, stone fruit. I know. Franny's like a like a pig finding truffles with stone fruit. You can just send him out <laughs> into a field, and he'll find out of a thousand trees, he's going to find the one plum tree in the entire orchard. Well, it's like an it's almost like a an apricot sort of you know sweetness, a little bit of plum in there. Well, that you is don't nice. always get that. Sort of, you, don't, you don't get that sweetness from a lot of scotches, but you really get it from this. There's a little bit of peatiness. There's a little bit of smokiness in there too. Oh, for sure on the nose, which is very nice. Yeah, it's got some smoke. I mean, for me, stone fruit is uh, just the sweetness. When I say sweet, I, I can't just dis- I can't distinguish the way he can with the with the different fruits. Again. But it's got a beautiful, beautiful, sweet, smoky, peaty, thick. It smells really good. I would, I would good. describe it as a thick. I mean, it smells really nice. A thick nose. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. That is actually very good. I mean, for the price, it's only 35 bucks. So, I mean, you know, I I didn't expect much. And I might I, just, I want, fill, I want I might to just try... fill a glass with this so, just to keep it around the house. Just so I can... <laughs> and I want to try other Highland Park products. It's nice. This wow. is the first one. I'm, I want to try the 10 year, the 12 year. I mean, I, I definitely want to try some of their other products, but this one really caught my eye just with the bottling and the graphics and, you know, the, the dark black bottle with that silver red letter, uh, lettering. It's, it's, it, well, Raiders fans would be huge fans of this. Let me look at that. That's Raiders all the way. Oh, for sure. Sean Connery said, Ruth for the Raiders. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> it's the, I can't. No. All right. You want to take a drink? Yeah. Take a, take a, take a mouth swig. On this. Interesting. Lighter on the lighter on the palate than I expected. Yeah, there's actually uh, nice flavor. Just not not overwhelming lot. flavor. I mean, at on the all. nose, on the nose, you expect a wow. lot more flavor. Very light. The entry is, and the exit are very light. It's actually extremely easy to drink. Too easy to drink. I didn't expect it to be this smooth. Wow, you could just you could actually literally just take a twelve ounce glass of yeah, this and drink I mean, it there's, down. There's, a nice, but it's a nice bit of sweetness to it. Second drink got a little bit more of the smoky peatiness on the on the end. There's a, on the exit. If you pay attention to it, it's there. Yeah, on the finish, it's there. But it's really well. I thought you got it's really smooth. I think you like the smooth drinking scotches. It's almost like a very light. That remember that that uh, I think it was the the Jura Ten. Yeah. that we had. That was uh, good. That one. That one was good. Uh, but it has almost that same type of uh smokiness to it but maybe just a little bit lighter and just add a little bit more sweetness to it it's not I think there that's, that's kind of where that is yeah. i mean i wish this had a little bit more smoke to it because you have that nice sweetness and then if you just had a little bit more smoke it'd be a little bit more enjoyable yeah i mean it's, it's really understated 
I mean, on, on yeah. the no, I love the, the, on the smoothness. On the palate, the but it's smooth as hell. Yeah, it is. It's actually extremely smooth. And uh, I think you could just act, you could literally take gulps. of There's this. no age profile on this, which is pretty interesting. I'm not sure how long it's been aged. I don't think it actually mentions it on the website right there. It's not, um, you know, one of their aged products. Um, but it hits. But it hits you. Yeah, it's 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 a solid. It's a solid thirty five dollars scotch. It hits you a little. I mean, when I when it hits my tongue on the entry, it's got a little vanilla. Little smoke, little peat, sweetness, and on the exit, a little bit of a, a little bit of a bitterness, a little bit of a, a little bit of smokiness on the exit or on the on the finish. But it's very, very easy to drink. Oh, extremely! And I'm I'm very shocked by how, I mean, there's almost no harshness whatsoever. A little bit of spice on the back of the throat, um, but. I'm 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 shocked. I mean, I, I I you know for something that that isn't aged maybe as long as they're ten or twelve, I, I expected maybe a little bit more harshness. And like we 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 actually did prefer that with that wee beastie. Yeah, I was gonna say that with five the, year wee beastie was wee was beastie. so it had intense. That nice bit of harshness oh, right on the yeah. back, along with all the other flavors that came with it. Where I would enjoy a little bit more harshness with this one. It's I mean, it's almost too easy to drink. And yeah, this might I hate to say it can't believe i'm gonna say it. it's almost a mixer no i would like, say that. like on water like with not with <laughs> no, mix. it's watery enough but not, not, water. i mean i don't mean a mixer like you're gonna mix it in drinks but yeah. it's almost like something you could just put a little bit of a water a little bit of ice cubes in it and just really drink oh, a lot yeah. of it oh no, no. and drink even, a lot of it even without an ice cube i mean it, this is this is something if you just want to sit back relax and you know unwind after a long stressful week you pour a little bit of this magnus in there and you know but you're Just sitting drink ba- away. Yeah. But you're sitting back like in post production of a podcast for example mm-hmm. and you take a sip and you leave the bo- and you leave the the glass sit on the table for a few minutes, you know, 5 minutes, 6 minutes as you ponder life and you look out and you have conversations or you look at the sky and you're just savoring what you drank and you're waiting a few minutes to take the next sip. This is not that. I was wondering where you were going with that. This is not that. This is where you take a sip and you're like, okay, I need another sip. I need more. Yeah. I need more of this stuff. I, I just want to get drunk. Yeah, like the art bag, you take a drink and you're like, okay, I, I can I can save this for a minute, sit down for you a know, second. few minutes and just think, and uh-huh. then I'll take another sip and it could take me yeah, like, half an hour to get through this glass. But this one, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to just get through this yeah. in about 20 yeah. minutes, I, 15 I, minutes. That's, I mean, that's, 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 yeah, that's a pretty good description of it. I mean, it is extremely easy, very light. It, there are, you know, some sweetness, some smokiness. I just wish there was just a little bit more harshness that hit you on the back of the throat. Not just that little bit of spice, but just a little bit of harshness. Yeah. So you don't come back for that second swig and that third swig and that fourth swig and the fifth swig. And, you know, by, you know, half an hour in, you're half through, halfway through the bottle. Yeah. You're on your front lawn. You know, <laughs> the sprinklers are going off. I, it's it's almost too easy to drink. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I but I like it. Yeah. Uh, definitely something. Maybe tomorrow night would be, wouldn't be a bad one. Low proof. You know, you can, Leave it on the table, drink a little bit of it, drink a little more, drink a little more, and it yeah. won't be so intense. Yeah. Uh, but what would you rate that? How would you rate that? On our thirsty goal, scotch, um, bourbon, rye, whiskey. Just scale. with how smooth it is. I respect the smoothness of it. Um, I would say. A I respect s- your smoothness. I would say a seven. I would Skip. say a seven on this one. Oh, you got me! You got you got me yet? Yeah. Oh. You were you were gonna you were gonna rate it the same. Yeah. All right. Franny is 
Uh, you're at a seven? Mm-hmm. I can't go higher, so I'm going to go with a six. Are you just doing that just because no, I get a seven? No, I, I just, because I feel like it's too light. There's a bit of a lightness to it. Yeah. It, it, it just, it lacks a little bit of kick. I mean, I, I can want a little bit definitely, of kick. yeah, I could definitely drink it, have no problem drinking it. I think it's a, it's a quality offering. It's just not very it, complex. Yeah, it just lacks sophistication, complexity. Sophistication. Yeah, it just sort of lacks a little bit of that. The Yeah, like, oh. it's just not it's not complex. I mean, you know, the flavors are there, they disappear pretty quickly, and you come back for more. But I do respect how smooth it is. Oh, it's really smooth. Mm-hmm. All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the week. The Pirat, the Pirate. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this one. You're going to have to. I'm going to, when I read it, I may make, I might ask Franny to read the description on this <laughs> one, but we'll see. Uh, all right, we'll be right back with our beer of the week. All right, and we are back with our beer of the week from Belgium. It is the Pirate Pirat. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it. It's P-I-R-A-A-T. Parrot. <laughs> well, Ben, do you have some information for us for this I parrot? do. This is from the Van Steenberg Brewery. The Van Steenberg Brewery stands for Independence, Progress, and Growth. It emphasizes the traditional art of brewing adapted to the current technological developments. It guarantees a reliable quality and service. Respect for their customers and care for the environment are central to their policy and their brewing endeavors. As Frane mentioned, this is the Pirat, Pirat, Pirat. Uh, which is a Belgian style ale as the Beautiful. I mean, look at that beautiful no, I mean, bottle. I mean, the bottle is beautiful. It's a short bottle. It's got like that. Well, how would you, how would you describe that neck right there, Ben? I mean, it's got like that little bulge in the neck. Yeah, right I mean, there. it's. I'm sure there's a name for that, but I, yeah. I just don't know what it is. But it's, know, a but it's a nice beautiful, bottle. beautiful bottle. Uh, the Van Steenberg Brewery created Parat in 1988 in the wake of the success of its Golden Drock. Joseph Van Sternberg or Steenberg used the same unique wine yeast as in the Golden Drock, which I'm pronouncing incorrectly, I'm sure, to create a unique, excellent amber beer. Uh, the result is a very drinkable but strong beer worthy of the name Parat. Its power takes you on a journey through some unique flavors based on the brewery's rich traditions, a living beer with a rich past. Set sail. Ah, uh, this is the oh, look at that. The Parat, slightly amber-colored beer with a full wheat or full white yeah, head. Look at that percentage right there. Ten point. Belgians know five how to make a strong beer. Alcohol. Wow. Uh, the color is straw with a white head. Alcohol ten point five. Aroma bittersweet and spicy. The flavor is slightly sweet and warm. Complex and rich hop bitters. The finish is hop bitter and long. The packaging thirty three. I don't even, I have no idea what that is. CL, 75 CL. Uh, secondary fermentation in both the bottle and the keg ensures a shelf life of several years with continued flavor evolution. Ooh, that sounds actually really nice. Mm-hmm. What's that one? 
That one's like a pretty crazy looking one. Right oh, there. it's the Parat Three. Ooh, triple hop. Wow. Okay. Oh, the Parat Triple Hop. This is not the Triple Hop. We might have to try, try the Triple Hop in the future. But let's give this one a shot, though, Ben. Yeah, let's see how this one is. Let's get yeah. the nose on here. Is it dank, bro? Cheers. Uh, it's not dank at all, bro. Bro. Nah, this is not from San Diego. Oh, that smells like a European beer. Oh yeah. Oh, it's that smells like an Oktoberfest. It's, it's it's has some yeast to it. Yeasty. Yeasty boys. So what, so what, so what you want? Ten percent. Ten and a half percent. Oh, it's got a nice a little bit of a bitterness, a little bit of a sweetness. But I like the color of it. Look, I mean the haziness to it. it has got the nice golden haze. You know, it's got that that sticky head. Oh, and the carbonation is still yeah, yeah, coming yeah. up through the glass. Yeah. Is it going to be crisp enough though for me, Ben? <sighs> Will I find the crisp? Is there ever a beer that, that I've is... been searching years for? Will it be there? I would want it for more crispness. <laughs> and I would. Let's give it a shot. I know though. you always do. I mean, I, I get a lot of the yeast, and maybe there's a slight bit of hop in there. Yeah, I get some uh, a sweet yeasty, weedy type of mm-hmm. nose. Yeah. So let's give it a shot. Let's see how this thing tastes. Ooh, that's uh, that's nice. Wow, that's it's nice. a little sweetness to wow, it. Wow, that's nice. There's a sweetness. There's a little bit of tanginess. Holy shit, Almost that's like, a quality beer. Like molasses to it. Yeah, I mean, I mean and you that, can and tell. Got, and if you take a nice big drink, you can tell that that's this got, is that's got Christmas. You can tell that this is like you said, Ben. It's, this is a quality. There's a lot of flavors going on yeah, there. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, it's got a sweetness, it's got a hoppiness, it's got a bitterness. I mean, the hoppiness is, is way down the list, uh, but it's got a little bit of a bitterness. It's got I a little say, bit of I don't a know sweetness. If it's, a it's just a smoothness. You know, it's a, it's this oh, nice. Wow, it's got a nice, deep, but it, rich it, flavor profile. That is complete. That is exactly true. And it hits you on the back of the tongue. It hits you on the front of the tongue. I mean, it really coats your mouth. This is a really, I mean, this is a very good beer. This is a really That's good a one. really nice beer. That's why I'm glad I only put one in the cooler for tonight because I'm going to hold, I'm not going to put that one out for the consumption tomorrow night. Yeah, they're, well, they're about five and a half dollars a bottle. So you probably don't unless there's a 12 pack somewhere. But yeah, they're not, they're not, you know, for, for a single bottle, they're not. Uh, well, that's almost up there with the El Bocaron. It, they're different, different, they're different. They're totally different, but that, but in terms of the quality and the, mm-hmm. you know, would I pay nine dollars at a bar for this? Yes. Yeah, they would charge a little bit more, maybe. <laughs> <sighs> Interesting. This is wow. I mean, you can't drink these all night, obviously. Well, it's not a Bud Light. Yeah, no, no. This this does. It's not three point two five. This is like wine. Uh, levels of, of no, it's, alcohol. It's very good. I mean, yeah, ten and a half percent in that little bottle right there. You know, you drink a few of these and that's enough for the night right there. I mean, it's it's um it's it's a, this is a quality beer. I mean there's a there's a bit of thickness to it as well. It's 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 uh it really coats the mouth very it's nicely. Got a nice full body there's almost like a molasses sort of flavor on the finish too. A sweetness, a thickness, a what is deepness? it about the Belgians and the Czechs? You know, they make some quality they know what they're beers. Doing. You know, very small populations, you know, I mean, both countries, but they make yeah, some Belgium very quality, solid. I mean, everything we've tried it's from history, Belgium is tradition. It's or it's, Belgian style, either Belgian beers or Belgian style beers. Everything has been great, Ben. And, uh, you know, our next beer that we're going to do that we're going to brew and, and we need to find a date in the near future to brew our Saison, which is a, a Belgian style beer. 
that's gonna be a lot of fun and i can't wait to try that one once we do it eventually yeah i mean i think you need a history a tradition and some regulations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i wouldn't be shocked if there were some regulations Just like bourbon in place. here in yeah. the u.s and those regulations i know you know we're in election year <laughs> so we're talking about government regulations but we're talking about government regulations of booze which is important that's the only uh, thing so i mean if you have those regulations like bourbon what are the regulations of bourbon um, and and there's some in Scot. I mean, there's some in Scotland as well. I mean, there are, there are. I mean, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't really think about what they are exactly. But there are some, you know, some laws and regulations in place uh, in order for a bourbon to be called, you know, a bourbon. You know, yeah. I, so I'm not. I mean, I have to look those up. But um, you know, I'm sure Belgium has the same exact sort of regulations. I'm sure the Czech Republic and Germany also. I mean, but, but all, all the German beers have been as good as every single Belgian beer that we've tried. And every single Czech beer that we've tried. Yeah, so and there's, I'm show. sure there's some pride. There's a pride factor here mm-hmm. too, as well. Uh, especially in the smaller countries, they they want to produce something that really fits. Definitely better than the Ukrainian beer that we had weeks back. Oh, the Ukrainian <laughs> beer. The I think we had the uh, yeah, the Armenian, the Armenian, Armenian beer, beer, the Turkish beer, the Turkish beer that, that was just Turkish essentially was really pretty shitty. Um, yeah, so there, there there are some beers, you know, from other countries that we've tried that were not spectacular. Not even near that, but every every single beer that we've tried from Belgium or any Belgian style beer, amazing. This is very good. This is a good beer. How would you rate this, Ben, on our thirst and goal rating? Oh man, I just I feel like this is this is almost like a work of art. I, it's good. I want to well, say it's. I mean, that, from beginning to finish. There's been other be, ones like yeah. that Trapel, that that Belgian style Trapel that we tried from Oligash. That one was. Oh, that also was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's Delish, American, but also it, Belgian style. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I just feel like they put the work into the the firm, the fermentation process, the ingredients, mm-hmm. the the product, as well as the bottle. A lot of pride in there, as well as the bottle, the label, mm-hmm. all of it. I almost feel like it's it's it was cultivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would give it a nine. I was about to give it a nine as well. <laughs> so I mean, we agree. On that, I mean, I, you, know, I, you know, some of those Oligosh beers that we tried that were also Belgian style, I would say were maybe a little bit better. Maybe those were tens, but this one I would say is a nine. I mean, this is a very good quality, solid offering uh, from from uh, from Pirate or Pirate Pirate. It's from the. Let's see, one more time, just so we. Yeah, it's our... taking a while for that. From yeah, this website Ste- has a lot going on. It's a very, Van, it's a very deep, it high Van, quality website. Van Steenberg. Van Steenberg Brewery. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Van the website's Steenberg really Brewery. nice, so it takes yeah, a little while to load. I'm not sure what, if they have other lines of beer, but this is very good, and I'd be interested to try their more hoppy beer offerings as well. Yeah, one thing that the Europeans, well, two things that yeah, the Europeans have on us: Pirat, Golden Drock. Um, what is that? The Golden Drock. Baptist. I mean, I mean, it looks like they have quite a few beers there. Yeah, I'd be one, interested in yeah, trying. Some one of those. is the beer. Two are their uh, web speeds. Yeah. <laughs> we do not have the European web speeds, so this website was clearly built for Europeans to load it quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday, so Very you're good. a nine. I'm a nine. Yeah. What's next so. up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our betting corner. Your betting corner, Ben's betting corner. All right, folks, hold tight. We'll be right back with a. Betting corner. Franny's. No. And Thursday goals. Betting corner.
All right, and welcome back. It is Ben's Benny Corner and Ben's intro music right there. But by the way, I, I, don't know if, I don't know how I feel about that one. It's all you, Ben. That's every every podcast heavy metal intro. We are the one of the few podcasts that does a nice, light, interesting bumper between our segments. Heavy metal is the 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 chosen music for the bumpers for most NFL podcasts. Uh, but first up, we got the Cleveland Browns at the Bengals. The Cleveland Browns are giving away three points on the road against the Bengals over under 50.5 fronting. All you, Ben. All you all the way. I am going to take the Bengals plus three in this game. I'm going to take the under 50.5. I think it's going to be a low scoring affair, but I think the Bengals are going to win this game potentially outright. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? No thoughts. Dallas Cowboys at Washington football team. It's a pick em, it's zero and zero. That's pretty interesting. 44.5 is the over under. I would say over 44 and a half. The, I mean, the Cowboys can can put up points. I mean, actually, the Washington can will they? probably put up points because their defense sucks. <sighs> That's true. I'm going to take Washington. I'm going to take Washington on the money line at minus 108. I'm surprised it's even. I'm shocked. Oh, it's the Cowboys. They're I terrible. Thought, I thought the Cowboys would be favored in this one. Yeah, you thought, but Vegas <laughs> knows best. Uh, next up, Detroit at the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are giving away two and a half points at home. Over under is 55. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to take Detroit on a teaser. I'm going to take it on the line. Minus 2.5. Push that down to... Uh, plus whatever that is, uh, whatever that is. And I'm going to take the over as well, pushing that down to 49. Mm-hmm. Next up, the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints minus seven at home over under is 50. That's an interesting line right there. Any thoughts? Nope. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints on a teaser, minus seven, push that up to minus 13. I'm going to take the over as well, push that down to over 44. Buffalo Bills at New York Jets. The New York Jets. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The Buffalo Bills minus 10, over under 46. Wow. Any thoughts on that debacle? Nope. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills and the under. I'm going to take the Bills, push that up to minus 17. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills, push it up to minus 17, push the under up to 52. Uh, Green Bay Packers, minus three against the Houston Texans over under is 57.5. What do you think about that one? No thoughts, Ben. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. If I was going to bet this at all, I would take, I would probably take the, I'd probably take the Texans on a money line plus one, six, three. Uh, next up, Seattle Seahawks at Arizona Cardinals. Seattle Seahawks minus three at the Cardinals over under is 55. That's a high over right there. Any thoughts? Nope. Killing me. <laughs> It's like I said, it's your betting corner, Ben. That's why it's, it should be named after you. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. But it's not. It's the it's the Thurston. Uh, well, we'll 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 discuss the name. Yeah. Ben's betting corner. Uh that's a tough I one. I like Ben's betting corner. 
Yeah, I'm going to take the Seahawks straight up minus three. Uh, I'm going to take the points in Seahawks minus three. Uh, 49ers at Patriots. The Patriots are getting two and a half over under 44.5. Any thoughts? Nope. All right. I'm going to take the Patriots in this game. I think the minus two five is nice, but I'm going to take it on a teaser. I'm going to push that minus two five way, way down. And I'm going to actually push the over under. I'm going to take the over and push that down to 38.5. Kansas City Chiefs at Denver Broncos. The Kansas City Chiefs are giving away seven and a half points on the road at the Broncos. Over under is 44.5. Franny, what are your thoughts? I'm going to take the Chiefs. Why do you even ask me? Uh, I'm going to take, actually, I'm going to take the over. I'm not going to touch the rest of the, the, the lines in this. I'm going to take the over 44.5 in this game. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers locked out for some reason. Ooh, Steelers at Titans. The oh, Titans yeah. at home are favored by one point, minus 1.5. They're Interesting. favored. They're, they are favored right now, Ben. Which makes them the underdog because they're at home. That's true, too. Uh, the over-under is 51. Wow. Uh, I don't want to touch it, except I'm going to take the over-51 of that game. I think this game is I mean, it's 25 to 26. Hits, hits 51. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville Jaguars at Chargers. Chargers minus seven at home. Over-under 49. Any thoughts? He has none. He's shaking his head at me. I'm going to take the Chargers in this game. Minus seven. uh, Minus seven on that line. It's uh, minus 118. Last, well, actually, last game. Bears at Rams. The Rams minus six. The Bears plus six. Over under 45. Any thoughts? No, Ben. I'm going to take the Rams in this game. I'm actually going to take the the, uh, Bears in this game. Uh On a teaser, I'm going to push the Bears up to plus 12 in this game, and I'm going to take the over and push that way down to 39. That is my lock of the week. That's a guaranteed winner. Sounds good. All right, Frank, do you have Sounds a fan, fantastic I, five or a sexy six parlay? I have a fantastic five, Ben. I think I fucked up a couple of those uh, teasers. Yeah. <laughs> And my fantastic five parlay on the money line. I got the Chiefs, the Niners, the Browns, the Bills. Really? You're taking the Browns in your... in your Browns, Bengals, man. Browns and Bengals. I expect the Browns to win that game. So you're picking a division game uh-huh. of two teams that suck. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to pick a team. And I got the Bills and the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys in there. Wait, the Eagles are... Oh, the Eagles already played. Yeah, they are played. You don't have the Seahawks in there? That's going to be a tough game. The Cards and the Seahawks, that's going to be a tough one right there. I'm not going to even touch that one. So I got the Chiefs, the Niners, the Browns, the Bills, and the Cowboys. All right. Every single week, just so you guys know, Franny will have a fantastic... Fantastic! Five, five parlay, or he's going to have a... Sexy six parlay for you. <laughs> All right, that's it for tonight. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our housekeeping to finish up the night. All right, coming in almost under two and a half hours. Thank you all so much for listening to our show. We are a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. We have been on the airwaves since 2018. 
please consider heading to our website at thirstygold.busproud.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. You can check out all of the show notes to get links to the, all the stories that we cover and all of the bourbons, the ryes, and the scotches that we review. You get links to all the podcatchers in the universe, Apple Podcast, Pod, uh, Pocket Cast, CastBox, CastBox, and the rest of the podcatchers in the universe. You can leave us a review. Please leave us a review. How many stars, Fronting? Five stars, Ben. Five stars. And if you listened this far, please send us an email at podcastthirstygoal at gmail.com because we would love to hear from you. You can call us at the number that is listed in the show notes as well and leave us a note, a comment, and anything else. We'll read it or play it on the air. Please beware. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Goal Thirst and on Instagram at Thirst Dan on Friday's amazing Instagram account. Check out all the photography of our shots, our browns, our beers, everything that we review and drink each and every week. We truly, truly appreciate you. Friday, anything to add before we finish up the night? Nope, Ben. But thank you so very much, everybody, for listening. Yes, thank you all, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.